None of the views or opinions on this week's episode of Geeks reflect that of Paramount Pictures. They are purely the personal opinions of Al White, Alexander Chard, and Adrian Ord. Geeks. But I know someone who has Makes me wonder if I could Makes me wonder if I Never had to knock on wood I'm not a car and I've never been tested Now we're entering licensing issues probably We are Are we seeing any longer? Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast Recorded right here in this room We are Tessellate's production house in LA I'm your host Al White I'm not a fan of sun-dried tomatoes. I once spent over $2,000 on a Jason Voorhees costume for Halloween. And the only fishing I've ever done is on Sega Bass Fishing for the Dreamcast. Classic. Right, you get a little rod? Actually, no, I played the Mega Drive version. The Mega Drive version? Yeah. Really? Yeah, some bass game on Mega Drive. Did you get a little oh, rod? Oh, I remember... No, no rods. I remember playing that on the Commodore 64 or the Amiga. We had an Amiga. Hmm. And they had like a weird like bit pixel kind of vibe game, which was fishing. Really showing off. None orange. of this real rod stuff. I, I was in it for the rod. I bought it for the peripheral. I liked it and you yanked it around in your room. Mm-hmm. And apparently it could <laughs> tell where you were. <laughs> sounds awfully similar to another pastime <laughs> I had. Moving on. Uh, joining me this week, <laughs> the Prince of Darkness, Adrian Ald. Hello. And Big Trouble in Little China, Alexander Chard. How are you guys doing? I'm half Indonesian. Um, just us three this week uh, Nate was going to be around But sadly he's busy And Justin Is in a hardware store A DIY store He just sent me a little picture of him Shopping for tools Yeah he actually messaged me this afternoon And said do you have a power drill Did he, he really? Yep. He's, he's building a uh, Rack of some kind For So hang on He's let's a mysterious the, guy isn't he? Let's put together the pieces So Adrian you're working now at Paramount I'm working at Paramount now And Justin just suddenly turns up there uh, Doesn't tell you what he's doing <clears throat> Nope doesn't I mean I know he's turning up. I ask him what he's doing. Doesn't tell me. Then when I actually see him, I'm like, "Great, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, we're just shooting some stuff around." Anyway, see ya. I'm like, and now and, and also now so you work here at Paramount. Yeah, it's, no one can just walk on and start Hell shooting no. something. No. There you go. No. And now he's building a rack. Yeah. So maybe you took shooting in the wrong way. Maybe he means shooting, like but, shooting in Iraq, what's like gun? with a gun. <laughs> with, in like Iraq, with, he's doing like a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe he just needs a nice rack for his guns. Yeah. Oh, oh a see. gun rack. Oh, a gun see? rack. He's now shooting. that's making more sense. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me yeah. hear what he say here. Yeah, a rack into a wall. There you go. Great. Well, confirmed. Maybe he's building Justin, a back. The Maraconda Mysteries. If someone out there who's <clears throat> watching or listening could please put Justin on a register, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. So, guys, we haven't done a podcast with you two for a couple of weeks. Mm. Nice to have you back. Good to be back. Thank um, you. If you're listening to this, you can watch the podcast. Go to YouTube, type in We Are Tessellate, type in Geeks, and you can subscribe to our channel. You can see Alex's new pen earrings. Alex, how's it been going? What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Uh, what have I been up to? I've uh, got back on the short film project that I'm working on, which sort of took a bit of a... Uh, back burner. Back, yeah, put on the back burner for a little bit. I started with you, Al, the um, Nightmare me. on Elm Street retrospective. Yeah. Which people will be able to listen to, I suppose, uh, when we finish it. It's actually going to be a while away because I'm going to do the Friday the 13th ones we'll go first. Go. And there's only yeah. one a week. 
Uh, so if course, you're yeah. excited, yeah, if you're excited, you're gonna have to wait about two and a half months. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. There's a lot of Friday months. the Thirteenth films before you can get to Freddy. Some would say too many. Mm. Not me. Not um, enough. Yeah, not enough. Well, not enough. I uh, finished Uncharted Four. Oh, oh my god. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. Holy shit. Yep. Uh, what a game. It's dedication. If we're gonna talk about it, yeah. I'll uh, leave that. Yeah, that's about well, it. I, I was just seeing Indiana Jones for some reason. No, Jurassic no, Park. Jurassic Park. Just, <laughs> yeah, that, that was... I've been humming the Uncharted theme. Nathan Drake. I've been humming the Uncharted theme for so long, and then Jurassic Park just came out of me. Can you give us the uh, Uncharted one it's now? It's gonna fucking leave me now. Have you got your kazoo anywhere? Mm. Jesus, I've literally been singing it all week. I love it, and it's yeah. just gone. It's yeah. evaporated from my brain. Um, cool. You seen any cool movies or anything? You know what? I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched any new movies recently. Um, I, I, I've gone back and watched some old stuff. Last night I watched Kingpin. Oh, Harley really? Brothers film. Cool. Yeah. Um, which, when I watch back, uh, I, every time I watch it, I just can't help but marvel at Bill Murray's genius. Hmm. I think he the 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 room or the story is is that he ad libbed that the whole, whole film that whole film the Farrelly brothers kind of gave him a loose or gave him the script and he just ignored it he just Bill Murrayed the shit out of it wow and it's incredibly funny I've never actually seen it I think it's like I'm not a Farrelly fan yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm I am a Bill Murray fan so. you know I think for Bill Murray alone it's it's pretty awesome. Very, very just, just for him, no one else will enjoy it, but Bill Murray alone <laughs> enjoys yeah, yeah. that film. Yeah, Bill Murray alone enjoys that <laughs> film. No one else enjoys it. Uh, Adrian, what have you been up to other than um, Paramount? Oh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been doing Paramount. Um, it was a job that I knew about a while ago, but wasn't sure if it was all confirmed. But that's all happening. So I'm part of the, what is it, audience experience team there's some there's a fancy I don't know there's a fancy, I like how you're looking at me like fancy I word hired for it. you I fancy no word um, but yeah no I'm a Paramount page so I like do, that word do tours it. I start I get placed with different departments and hopefully it'll lead to more work with Paramount yeah I mean what sort of time scale are you thinking at here when, when like as far as when you become the head of Paramount two months yeah two look, months Yeah. two to two two months to two years yeah, this okay. is kind of my timeline. Yeah. Um, Before head of Paramount. Yeah. Before you run Seems the realistic. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Maybe five years Viacom. That's. Ooh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. For the next one. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I mean, will you still. I'll go into work on Wednesday and I'm fired. <laughs> they, they listen to the I'm just going to tag in yeah. the. Uh, <laughs> annot- <laughs> put annotations pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, hopefully that doesn't happen. Just ignore me. I'm happy to be a page. Thanks very much for the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really appreciate it. Australian, uh, Australian, British dry humour. Yeah, just to clarify. Mm. Um, yeah, no. So I've got two weeks training, uh, which I just finished, which is great. Graduated, saw Mulholland. Oh no, not Mulholland Drive. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, mm. which is a fucking great film. If you haven't seen that film, go see it. It's a good film. For the last shot in that film, even it's such an amazing shot it's where she comes out of the room and she thinks she's in like a, you know on a movie set in her mind because she's lost it oh and there's that great pan as they follow her down the stairs and then she walks towards the camera I'm watched it since I was a teenager oh you gotta see it you gotta see it I recommend it it's a great film that's cool. the most recent thing I've seen cool um, yeah it's really nice it's nice. good watch it in the Gower Theatre oldest working theatre in Hollywood yeah. it's really cool yeah you let me mm. uh, me and Katie came yep, for you a came on a tour 
private tour it ended up being essentially yeah. other yeah. than these two chumps who jumped on in the back yeah mm. really just tagged on just yeah yeah that felt like pages they oh, wanted to hear what i was doing because <laughs> yeah, they said job. you were the best apparently where top of the, the class no, no definitely not sleeping with the teacher ah classic maneuver yep um, to the top. won't be sharing this one with the paramount group <laughs> <laughs> Listen to all these podcasts I've done except yep. May 31st. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to put the title in it. It's so going to be Adrian's Sexual Paramount Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was great. It, it was weird. It was a bank holiday weekend and I thought it's going to be packed of just crazy people and it was empty. Didn't see me any. I couldn't understand why there were no tourists there on a bank holiday weekend. It was really cool. Uh, well, they'd all, the tours had finished for the day. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's why we got a car. Oh, and stuff. nice. We got a car. So it was really treatment. lovely weather. Got to be in a room that Audrey Hepburn had been in, which was quite exciting. Yeah, Got to see cool. some other, go, go on a couple of sets, which was nice. Yep. Liked it. Check it out. If you're in town, check it out. We should. Uh, the studios here are something I think people ignore who live in LA, but it's actually really fun to go around the studios. And if you're at all involved in the film industry, it's both exhilarating and soul-crushing at the same time. Yeah. Because you just kind of have this constant juxtaposition of, oh, this is amazing. Mm. I'm so excited to be making films. I'll probably never get to do mm. my projects in these places. You know what the most soul-crushing fact i know is out of my training in the last two weeks what that orson wells was 25 when he wrote directed mm. and starred in um citizen kane yeah yeah but I'm he's you know he's the, he's the one in the building <laughs> right you, know? yeah. you don't want to think about that because yeah. it's like what mm-hmm. yeah 20, and that was at a, that was at a time when you couldn't just go and shoot a film as well you know like now yeah. you could be 19 and go and do all that stuff and maybe it ends up being incredible maybe it's sure. trash but yeah, that was that time. That was a hard thing. I think right guy, right place, right time. Like yeah. he came out with this script that was reflective yeah, yeah. of the time. Just by sheer numbers, you're going to have and, someone like him. And he was just a bit of a trailblazer and, you know. But th- that's the thing. Though. When you say that's a depressing thing, I find that less depressing. The more depressing for me are just the stats of, well, there are this many actors and this many who are employed, or this many writers and this many mm. scripts actually get bought and then this many actually get made from the amount mm. they get bought, which is nothing, you know. Mm. That's more depressing for me, but oh, this one talented guy did really well when he's young. Like that to mm. me is that's fucking great. But you know the new platforms like um, Hulu and and um, that's it. Amazon and Netflix and all those things. Like I was saying on the thing, I think it's a really exciting time because riskier content, mm. um, you know, more engaging, different content for different demographics and for sure. So you know the 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 opportunities to get. I think it's more exciting to get low budget you know non-studio stuff out there because the studios yeah. won't touch the content because it's too risky yeah 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 i think it's more exciting for creators i it's think totally. it's potentially less exciting for actors right now just because okay i think for actors well depending on what you're in it for you know i think there's potentially more good roles for actors now which is great i think so but i think what an actor used to mean is is less now like because an actor used to be this very glamorous thing and i think it's becoming declamorous quite quickly which is actually great which is great no it's great but i think a lot of actors are in it for the glamour you know because that's what they're sold from a young age is kind of sure yeah go to la but but those actors i think i mean apart from a select few they don't i don't think they last long no well that's what i mean i think most like I don't think it's a conscious thing. I just think it's something that you know. You look at actors used to open movies, and actors just don't open movies anymore. And you look at so many. It's I mean it's hard to tell obviously to quantify it. But you, you look at people even like Tom Cruise or even Tom Hanks and people you know people who have talent in what they're doing for sure. Mm. But how long would they have lasted if we weren't at a point there where celebrity kind of worship wasn't at sure. its height again? Sure, sure. Because I guess like when you were telling us yesterday, 
what the forties, fifties, celebrity worship was really high, and then it kind yeah. of slumped a little well, bit. Well, through the all through the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Yeah, and then the nineties, it was really high again. Like cinema. actors opened movies in the nineties, they yeah. really did. Um, now, not so much. I'm gonna uh, my plan to change all that. Good. Um, all right. Everyone good? Everyone yeah. Said yeah. their piece. Yeah. We'll start the Have podcast. you said your piece? Oh, what have I been up to? Um, I don't know. This and that. Great. Um, <laughs> I've been... No, actually, Aaron, I did want to touch on some video games. Um, I've been watching some stuff. I've been playing stuff. I've mostly just been working on my feature film, but you can learn all about it. I'm not going to bore people on here. You can uh, learn all about that. Check, oh, yes. Good. Starfish Diaries. Watching that. the Starfish Diaries. Uh, <laughs> it goes up every other Monday. YouTube? Um, on YouTube, you, if you just subscribe to the We Are Tessellate channel on YouTube, you'll get all that content anyway. Also features the wonderful and alive Nathan, Nathan Hertz. Nathaniel Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I watched. I've been watching some films and been playing some video games a little bit. Um, nice. I was trying to try out stuff because there've been a lot of video games recently. A there's been a, there's been a lot of video games mm. um, so I'm still trucking with Dark Souls but I'm going to do that gradual that's going to be a year that's thing that's your long haul yeah I'm happy for that being a long haul Yeah, I don't want to blitz through it anyway because I really treasure it the key to that though is not to go away for it for too long so well, I haven't least... played it since I played it with you <laughs> oh really? <laughs> at least once a week I have to go in well that hasn't happened actually I've been slowly weeks. slowly but yeah I've got to do like and when I do it I have to do a good four hours and that's all I do that night kind of thing yeah um, like a little treat at exactly. the end of the week exactly um but I, yeah, so Doom came out about a week or two ago. What happened with that? I didn't hear much buzz. So it's, it actually just done pretty well. Um, I don't know what the numbers are in its sales yet, but critically it did all right. A lot of sevens, some eights, some nines. Mm-hmm. Um, That's all right. I mean, it's got a huge fan base. It's like any reboot of yeah. that era. It's like, wow, cool. I loved this game when I was 12. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So this isn't, so this is the same company, but it's not the same people who made the original one. They've moved on to other stuff. Um, or the majority of them. Oh, right. Um, but it's very much trying to recapture the original's feel of just old school run and gun and dumb sort of gory fun, which it definitely does. It's very slick. Like, it make beautiful games. They always have. So it's beautiful to look at, very atmospheric, really ultra-violent, um, very easy to just chain kills. But it's just not really my type of game. I'm not really into loud aggressive shooters the mm. character just hits everything it's kind of funny like if you have a button to press he hits it <laughs> it's nothing you know there's never anything tempered it's just all 14 year old you know i've drunk too much monster energy drink sort of right let's, mentality let's smash some stuff yeah uh but no it's definitely a quality game if you're into that kind of thing um overwatch came out that's the new moba game um from blizzard oh overwatch i yeah been i was getting hit a lot with um trailers for that yeah very colorful very beautiful yeah. people love it absolutely love it okay um is it like a dota type thing it's it's i'll be honest i never played dota okay um it's more like i guess team fortress oh yeah of, yeah okay. but it's just kind of 4v4 um match is it 4v4 is there more i might be completely misspoken about it so i apologize mm-hmm. if people are upset right now um <laughs> But it's kind of cool because you can jump every time between different classes like Team Fortress, but there are a ton of different classes and all of them play very differently. The characters are beautifully designed. It's very yeah, colorful. It's very slick. Plays great. Um, just doesn't, again, doesn't interest me too doesn't much. doesn't appeal to me much either. Yeah. I don't like the style of, of that like cartoon hero sort of, I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I don't... Like design-wise, it doesn't appeal to me either. Right, okay. It's, and same as gameplay although i know that and, and it looks great but it's not the kind of thing that i go cool no you want to get to yeah 
Yeah, I don't mind. I like. I think it's actually very well designed, but I just, I don't really. I need a group. If you, you know, if all of us were into, okay, let's all just do that every night and play four v four. Then I'd probably get into it. Um, but I don't have an online group, and if I did right now, I'd just want to finally go back and do the GTA heist online <laughs> <laughs> group or play something else. Um, it's, it's that secular thing of well, you're not really getting anywhere. You just upgrade your character that I don't really care about sure. too much. Really, I just want a good narrative experience with my friends. Um, Homefront The Revolution finally came out it's a long gestating sequel to Homefront it's kind of like a Red Dawn game um, and it's been through about three different developers I think this one because they kept falling apart good Jesus um, it's not good <laughs> which is really heartbreaking because it's been in development for a long time and at one point Crytek had it and it was looking beautiful um, it's really just it's, it's just one of those games where it's just it feels it, it's trying to be a half-life or something like that right with a you know, proper story and proper characters and there's clearly so much effort there but it just misses almost every mark that I've, I've only played a couple of hours of it but I've just scathing it's, review yeah. well no it's not that it's, that's the problem it's not bad everything's alright but, but just, just because everything was alright and nothing's excelling yeah. it just really turns you off you know? yeah I'd rather things were bad and one thing was really good but sure. it's just kind of like well I've played this before and better so uh, the new Turtles game Mutants in Manhattan comes out now that's fucking bad that's an awful game Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah now yeah. I saw a thing I don't know if you posted this Alan but it was like was it, yeah, was it you the evolution of the Turtles games yeah 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 that was me and you, I love the originals back on the Mega Drive or whatever mm. Turtles in Time for me was, was that was my, my favorite, favorite. Turtles in Time that's Turtles um, 4 I think what year was that out I want to say 91. Yeah, yeah I mean, the best bit is like when they throw the, yeah. the Foot Clan dudes and they come at you in the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But watching that made me think there hasn't... From, like, I, I don't think any game after that one I've liked and I don't think there's ever been like a real, real standout no, Turtles game. hasn't. Because the problem is they just always try and replicate that game. Yeah. But they do it in the 3D space, which I think is very hard. Because it's not actually... Those old games are not actually like good mechanically. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you no. do the same three moves again and again. But visually, they're very cool. Mm-hmm. And there's nostalgia to it, obviously. Um, and the new ones are just... If you want if you want to make a cool Turtles game, this isn't how you do it. Like, I don't... What type of game is this? Is it like an open world style? No. Game? Well, it's sort of semi open world, weirdly, in places. You'll get a little chunk of the city. You can jump up and down on the rooftops. I get, yeah. I played about 40 minutes of this one and I was yeah. done, but I've read enough about it and watched enough about it. Um, it's basically like, no, it's just a brawler, just a dumb brawler. But yeah. the foot will just be wandering around the streets looking lost and you just run up and smack him in the face. And it makes me feel bad because they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're just wandering around and there's no one else there. Well, it's, it's really bad. It's what awful. would be your ultimate turtles game then? See, I was just thinking that. Like, how do you make a good? Do you do something like game? GTA open world sort of style? No, I don't mm. think you do. With I turtles. Think pla- or I- like a Uncharted sort of. Style. Yeah, I think actually with turtles, it's hard because it's four. So they always want to get input as a four player. Yeah, and that's hard to do. I think maybe you make yeah a single turtle story or something and do it almost an Uncharted way, or you we do like it jump like characters. Overwatch. You do like a four v four thing online, but you can really get the mechanics right. Maybe. Yeah, right. maybe. I like. I mean, just the old platformers, great mm-hmm. for me. You know, like a. I love that when I love playing that type of arcade style. I'd enjoy a two D sprite based yeah. turtles game again. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know where they're not trying to reinvent the wheel but they just do something like that yeah. really well yeah 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 I'd enjoy that yeah. well I hope those developers listening to I'm sure they are thoughts <laughs> uh, Far Harbor came out which is the massive Harbor exp- uh, Far Harbor 
the massive expansion to Fallout 4. I have yet to get to start this. Um, I'm what, going Fallout to. Fallout 4 full stop? Or? No, no, we did. We So we used to talk about Fallout 4 a lot, but then we all dropped off very quickly. Um, is that because you played Fallout 3 and we're like, oh, this is the same game pretty much? It is the same game pretty much. Yeah. Um, no, it's just a lot was happening. And I keep, it's one of those games I keep, and Jess and the same, I keep wanting to go back to. And I know I will at some point. Right. But I just keep not going back to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because I was loving it when I was playing it. But Far Harbor, I think, will be the thing that will get me back. Some people are saying it's better than Fallout 4. Well, and that's not dissimilar to 3 when they brought out... Um, oh, what was the expansion? Um, I didn't notice the 3. Uh, shit, that's really... Annoying. But it is... Yeah, it's out, like Shimmering Isles the, and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, No, no, that's isn't Shimmering Isles. That's, that's Skyrim. Yeah, or, it's Skyrim. Um, but they brought out a, a reboot. Not a reboot, but like an expansion on Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3. God, why can't I remember the name? Anyway, <laughs> it was awesome. End of story. That's a really great yeah, story. Yeah, but this is Thanks. the one that they always seem to do for, yeah, for like Oblivion, for Skyrim, for Fallout 3, where they, they bring that, up one bit they? that's like a new bit of the world and you can go and adventure yeah. around. And this is that one. Uh, and it looks great. Um, the story apparently is better than Fallout 4 story. It's tighter and more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to go into it at some point. And lastly, Uncharted 4, Thief Send. So me and Alex are actually going to do a spoiler cast probably at some point. We're going to be yeah. very late to the game. But that's because we kind of took our time with it. I took quite a long time with it. I just didn't want it to be over. Yeah, we both had similar experiences of, and and funnily enough, had the same conversation with Justin. Of it was actually one of the only games I would, um, sort of tell myself to put down, mm. like just to not just stop playing for a little bit, because I didn't want it to end. I just I knew it was getting closer, and I was like, no, like I'll stop playing for now. Maybe just give it a day or two, and then I'll come back to it. So, um, so we'll probably do a spoiler cast next week, but without any spoilers, quickly, how do you feel about it? Like, because you've you've actually played, you didn't play the first one, but you've played two and three very recently, mm-hmm. yeah. And you were brand new to the series, yeah. so you got a kind of good objectivity about it, yeah. Um, well, like I sort of told you, even mid midway through four, I think I sent you a text where I was like, no other game gives me the experience that Uncharted gives me. Um, as far as the kind of narrative ride it takes or it takes me on the 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 thrill of you know almost like being a participant in a in an action film um and this this yeah lived up to the lived up to the hype completely i didn't feel disappointed i feel that it kind of wraps up the series really well which we'll get into um i'm still kind of sitting on the fence a little bit whether i th- think three or four was the there's a part of me that's still leaning towards three perhaps being the better story mm-hmm. um but i feel four certainly uh overall got the balance like finally right i think that's the problem with the uncharted games when you're trying to pick a favorite is so much of them i mean the stories are great but it's not really the stories that are great the stories mm. are okay yeah yeah but like Indiana Jones, the stories are okay, but it's the presentation, it's the acting, yeah. the charisma, the charm, and in this in you know in this world, the graphics, yeah. And the graphics of each of them have been stunning and just building and building. This one's yeah, definitely the best looking video game I've ever played. Yeah, um, it's just wow. a stunningly beautiful game, um, and just breathtaking. You just stop and just stare at it at points. It's just incredible. So I have to play this, I guess, don't I? Yeah, you really do. Um, but it's. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's very hard to know which one's your favorite because it is determined by well, maybe two are the better story, maybe three are the better story, yeah. but the graphics are better on this one. The 
charisma gets a little bit better with each time because the actors are just getting more and more and more and more yeah. into those characters. The cutscenes are getting more sophisticated and how they integrate into gameplay is more sophisticated. So it's a weird thing where the mechanics of it... Like, this is the best Uncharted game. Yeah. You know? Just from how it plays and how it looks and how it's played out. I think this is the best. And I think anyone who argues with that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Is it the best game in terms of story and level design? No, I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, I actually have a little bit of umbrage with some of the slightly more open world sections of it. Um, I don't really like that you can have... I like that you can have more conversations with people, but I don't like things popping over their heads. It made it feel weirdly gamey. And I don't actually like the main story yeah. um, to do with his brother. And again, no spoilers, don't worry. But personally for me, I didn't really resonate with it. I didn't care too much where it was going. Um, no, that's not a lie. I didn't care what happened to certain people. I did mm-hmm. care where it was going. Um, but I thought what they did with it was as well done as it could possibly pretty much have been done. You know, yeah. It was just a personal thing of that's not resonating with me as much as some of the other ones. Um so really, it's, for me, it's so hard. For me, it's just just play two, three, and four. Yeah, it is. It's it's really hard. That's what you need. And I think like this one was certainly from this this one for me definitely was a bigger and and better experience. Um, but if you're talking about the gameplay, just purely the gameplay, I felt that compared to the other ones, it was um, simplified. It's a lot stealthier, which I liked. A lot stealthier. I loved those moments, but then the puzzles were a lot more Oh, simple. yeah, for sure. Um, that was and, missing on this one. Yeah, and that sort of like, it, it made it feel like, for me then the experience became about, you know, I was, I was playing through it to kind of, to get the story and to get these big action sequences and mm-hmm. to experience that, which I loved. But as far as like from a gameplay point of view, you know, the puzzle bits are great. I loved that balance. Yeah, um, and I loved here where they made the balance of the shooting. Yeah, giving you a stealth element, so it wasn't just a big gunfight that became too gamey and unrealistic. Like this felt more grounded in that sense. But but then the puzzles were played down, so it was like stuff was like really easy to breeze yeah, through. Number three, there's some actually a couple of really tricky, not really tricky, not like the witness tricky, but a couple of you know you have to think about it puzzles. Yeah. Um, going back and forth with a notepad. This one, there was nothing that paused me for more than ten seconds. Mm-hmm. You know. You just breeze through it, which was disappointing because Gia Katie, when we did three, she had just played Rise of the Tomb Raider and she thought the puzzles were nowhere near as, you know, sophisticated as an Uncharted 3. And now we come to this one, it's like, these aren't as sophisticated as Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so yeah, that was disappointing as well. Um, but yeah, a fucking great game. Like a great Beautiful game. Beautiful game. Really an interesting ending as well. Very um, interesting ending. Um, yeah, there's no, obviously there's, there's yeah. stuff I can't say We'll, we'll right get now. We'll, we'll get, get into, into it, it properly. Um, but yeah definitely recommend um i also went back and watched predator and predators i highly recommend Classic. those movies uh, predator especially and i went to the cinema to see the nice guys oh, everyone's going that? to see x-men go and see the nice guys fucking brilliant film good fun awesome. so good it's just so much fun and so refreshing and ryan gosling is the most interesting role he's ever done russell crowe with ryan gosling is such a brilliant matchup that you would never think of you know yeah um it's just it's kind of like inherent vice but fun <laughs> <laughs> which I think in her right. advice wanted to be fun but instead it was just interesting it's just I mean but it's Shane Black through and through you know it feels like the best bits of Lethal Weapon it feels like the best bits of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang it feels like the best bits of Iron Man 3 like it just feels like a Shane Black movie um, which I personally really have time for I love it 
and it's a good period piece that's set in the 70s and there's some cool nods to the 70s throughout with just nice posters around for films and things cool i like it a lot go right. see it nice guys most fun you'll have at the cinema in a, um, in a long time so let's start <laughs> the <podcast. Yeah. laughs> it's gonna be a long one last week's was a short one it's gonna be a long one uh as we do every week with nate's blowdown, blowdown. 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 adrian nate's on the round so this job falls oh, oh on this you. is me oh good it's the movie news <laughs> oh movie since you're representing Paramount, yeah, and everything you say, actually had to sign a piece of paper that said that. So <laughs> I think libelously right now you need to actually stipulate what what I have to do that I you, do not represent Paramount in this recording. Everyone, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna keep saying it though, so you have to say that as many times. Yeah, just so I feel yeah like insecure about everything in my life right now. Thanks. Um, tiptoeing. So what your friends are here for? Tiptoeing around work on Wednesday. Anyone listen to any good podcasts? No? <laughs> Bad podcasts. I'm going to change the title <laughs> to uh, Paramount's commentary on the weekly movie news. <laughs> Paramount's official commentary. No, it is not Paramount's official <laughs> commentary. You're representing Paramount? No, I'm not representing Paramount. Oh, okay. this, is, this is something I do as a hobby. Okay. <laughs> a hobby I'm going to give up. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> number one. One. The Predator. <clears throat> Sorry, I'll try that one again. <clears throat> the Predator. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Alex. Good. In our most, in our, in our almost weekly Predator news, the fourth solo Predator movie has now moved up in schedule and will be released the same weekend that Fifty Shades of Grey and Deadpool were. Valentine's Weekend. It'll be hitting cinemas on February 9th, 2018, taking a quickly coveted spot. Ooh. Written and directed by Shane Black. Yeah. Who nice we were just guys. speaking about. Who had a role in the original film and is responsible for writing the Lethal Weapon series, The Long Kiss Goodnight, and writing and directing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and the just released The Nice Guys. Number two. Wait, anyone have anything to say? Oh, does anyone want to talk about it? No. I'm very excited. I'm really excited. I've particularly off watching Predator and Predators the last couple of nights. I think Predators is a thoroughly enjoyable film. I think Predator is very special. The end of the half I think Predator is a great film. It's a classic. I, I don't know that it needs remaking. It's not a remake. This is Predator 4. Oh. Uh, so this essentially. Is... But ignore 2 because 2 shit. Um, sure. Watch Predator and then Predators and then watch this as a trilogy, I would say, because I have full faith in Shane Black. And I forgot he was in Predator. It's really funny when you get to the end and they do that cheesy thing where they have people looking at camera in the credits and then the title name comes up underneath of who yeah. played them. And they're filmed clearly not as part of the thing, you know, because it's them in the jungle looking down and they'll suddenly look up and catch a gun. <laughs> like and yeah, Shane Black's name came up. I was like, fuck, I forgot he was actually in, he used to act in this movie. Yeah, right. Maybe, uh, Al, you should bring back that style of end credits. I actually, we're, in, we're talking about it right now because I want to do it on a film Starfish, but it doesn't fit it as well. Like we're definitely doing it with Geeks. Actually, um, I remember that was part of partially an idea for well, yeah, Absence of Strangers. In, it is an Absence of Strangers, yeah. yeah. I like it. I also like it not in, in particular movies, like The Faculty, where they do it, where when a character comes in at the beginning, they freeze frame, and then the name of the character comes up. Yeah. I think it's fun. That's fun. I like that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure he'll do a great job of it. Um, I'll probably see it, but uh, I don't know that it, that, that it doesn't need another one. I guess it does. Yeah, I think it does. A fourth? But I see, I see this as the third. I don't count the Alien versus Predator films right. 
Um, and I don't count Predators 2 because it's awful. Okay. So for me, this is one of the things where everyone knows of the Predator, but he's never had the franchise he deserves. He's not like Alien or you know, sure, sure. Freddy or whatever. And I think he deserves a good long-running franchise. I really do. Because he's a very interesting creature and you don't learn much about them through the films. And I think they're very... Um, they're cool. a very cool creature. Still looks really cool. Doesn't look outdated at all. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Like the prosthetic effect. Because I was watching, I was like, oh, this is fun enough. But then you get to that last half hour. Takes which off is mano a mano. Yeah. Mm. So special, that last half hour. Good work. <laughs> that, was, that was Uncharted. <laughs> there we go. Very good. Very good. Uh, so, number two. Two. Meg. <laughs> Steve Alton's best-selling novel series, Meg, is finally coming to the big screen after almost 20 years of rumours and failed attempts. Based on his original novel from 1997... What was that called? Meg. A novel of deep... Ooh. A novel of deep terror. That's his actual name, Meg Colon. That's what it says, yeah. yeah. Meg Colon. <laughs> a novel of deep terror. It's going to haunt me. <laughs> it centers around a deep sea diver who is forced to confront his fears when a series of events have unearthed a Chacharodon Megalodon, the largest marine predator that ever existed, back to the surface on a killing rampage. Hmm. Dubious. Starring Jason Statham and Chinese star. <laughs> what just happened? What just happened? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you gotta dig yourself out of this hole now. So stars. Well, we'll Jason, talk. Jason, Jason, is Jason Statham really that amusing Jason to you? No. Star. star Bing Bing Fem. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't what know. What is wrong with You're us? You're making me laugh. All right. Being so this all has come about. To be fair, when I first we'll, met you, I we found were, your we, name funny too. Well, we were talking about... Anyway, it's... Because we had a... Don't worry. It's going to be all right. Just move on. Power on through. No one's okay. listening anyway. Starring Jason Statham and Chinese star Bing Bing Fan, the film will be directed by John Turtletorp. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Who did National Treasure, Cool Runnings. His name is actually Turtle Torb, by the way. He did uh, National Treasure, Cool Runnings, Jericho, Harper's Island. Uh, the film is currently scheduled to hit cinemas on March 2nd, 2018. Jeez, I'm you sorry, everybody. I don't actually find everyone's What was the film called funny. again? It's called Meg. <laughs> um, so I put this on our list because I came across this accidentally while I was getting the news together. Mm. Um, and I used to be a huge Meg fan. Right. And rallied for a long time with people to try and get it turned into a movie because it's a no-brainer. And for a long time, the director of Speed was turning it into a movie. Back oh, it's in the not 90s. about a woman called Meg. It's about a shark, a, a, shark, megalodon. a megalodon. Yeah. Oh, that makes much more sense. I wouldn't have said. I would have said Meg. So the first book is <laughs> that, that's better, right? There's about yeah. four Meg. books, I think, maybe five books. I've read sadly three of them. It's very sad. Awful books. Um, but <laughs> okay, I'm a huge fan of Megalodon. Still so like, following I, so far. I grew up as a huge fan of sharks and studied them as a child. So, so it's like the ten year old in you wants to see this film, sort of. But the first one's the first one's a bad book, but it's kind of like Jurassic Park in that it's based on real science. So it's done with you know a lot of research in its background, real things that could happen to do with the ice age coming, and then the cold waters pushed a lot of sea creatures down to the bottom of depths. Then we then only learned about eight years ago that at the bottom, you don't need light to live. Heat can sustain creatures as well. And there's a whole ecosystem, you know, down in the Mariana Trench and all that stuff. 
to be and every now and then tectonic plates shift and dinosaurs that we thought were dead for millions and millions of years suddenly come back and they're alive um, Wait, it, this happens? Yeah, it does. It happens all the time. There's, there's one, um, there's this really cool, fucking massive, weird, like, dinosaur creature that they thought had been dead for about 60 million years. Yeah, but not just, an actual dinosaur. We're talking, like, prehistoric fish, right? Like a coalescent. Well, no, you're prehistoric, called. yeah. But uh, they're, like, they're what you would go to a museum to see as dinosaurs from the prehistoric era or right. the Jurassic period or whatever. Um, and they've just been trapped underneath these tectonic plates. Um, there are huge caverns under there, essentially, and it's preserved pieces of life from that time, from dinosaur time. Right. Um, and every now and then they shift and things get out. So he just kind of proposes a possibility that the megalodon, like it will take an ecology of some of them down there, but there's not really enough food down there to sustain them mm. that we know like of. Big t- but we've explored 4% of the Mariana Trench, so what the fuck do we know? So it is plausible, um, and he goes into all the science with it, and it's kind of interesting. But basically, it's an excuse to have a Jaws movie with a shark that's 60 foot. Great. Um, which I'm all down for because I like me some shark movies and sadly, all shark movies other than Jaws 1 are terrible. Well, um, there's, a, well there's a new shark movie shark coming out. Jaws 2? The Shallows, yeah. Mm, Paramount. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, the environmentalist in me, I don't like shark movies and the negative. No, I agree. Shows. I agree. Looks cool though. It does. Fun. That's it the problem cool. I have though. It's like I grew up and I agree with Peter Benchley who then like spent the rest of his life off the right jaws trying to make yeah. up for it by just teaching people don't be scared of sharks they're not scary yeah but i do like me a monster movie so yeah yeah if people could be sensible enough to separate those two things well it's good but and i mean that's the thing isn't it i mean ultimately a, a shark movie is the same as a serial killer movie yeah it's like you know the it's the exception to the rule it's yeah like, it's, it's not, like but you don't you're not scared of all people because there's a serial killer no yeah, I agree. That's yeah, a good way it's to like think about a fantasy it. that's close to home. It could and, happen. And it's kind of scary. It's more scary because it feels like like it's in the realm of possibility. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a good way to look at it. Actually, there's, there's no shark reason films. you should go killing, everybody, uh, killing sharks or everybody else. Absolutely. Not. That they are Second biggest. Close. Open water? Do you like that? Open water's all right. Yeah. yeah. Open water. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know. Shark, shark, monster film. I was film. like slightly generalizing. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I used to watch every single shark movie <laughs> out there back in the early noughties. Shark's Tale? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's garbage. <laughs> that's absolute garbage. It is very bad. Um, so no, I'm very excited. It makes fine again a movie. However, not that happy that John Turtle Taub, Tube, Tube, Cherub. Turtle Taub. Turtle Taub. Turtle Taub is doing it. Um, he makes functional movies. Not great ones. Right. And Jason Statham. Uh, as a lead in a movie about sharks like you need so for a lead in a movie about a dumb movie you need someone interesting because everything else is going to be dumb because Mm -hmm. snakes on a plane would have been horrific had it not had like the first right it's still pretty bad yeah but jaws would have been not great if you didn't have interesting lead characters and real actors in that movie if they just had you know action heroes it would have been a really stupid film sure so that kind of makes me upset because i would like to see you know i don't know like a fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Danny DeVito. No, nope. he's interesting. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Why the, the fuck is Danny DeVito not? Shark. Yeah, it is. 60, it's the, the smallest man against the biggest shark. I, mean, I want to see like, he's Ron like Livingston against the sixty-foot shark. That's what I, the movie I want to see. Right. Okay. That's the kind of film. Michael Fassbender against the biggest shark. I was shark. just about to say yeah. Michael Fassbender. Uh, but you just feel he'll dive in and just tackle it with his teeth. Yeah, mm. he'd be the he'd he be, would be that guy at the beginning be of Deep Blue Sea where he just dives in and swims with the shark. Right, it's Tom mm. Jane, isn't it? Yeah, it's Thomas <laughs> Jane. Tom Jane, number three. Oh, number three. Three animated Spider-Man. 
Spidey has... I'll try that again. <laughs> Spidey may have just been introduced to the MCU with Tom Holland's superb hit cameo in Captain America Civil War. Hey, guys. But next year's solo movie, Homecoming, isn't the only f- form the web slinger will be hitting the big screen. Didn't what? I? I don't believe you. <laughs> no, it's true. The, al- <laughs> the already announced animated movie from Sony is still coming, and news this week is that it won't star Peter Parker underneath the mask. What? Who will it star? But instead will feature fan favourite Miles Morales instead. Ah, uh, Miles. Miles is already beloved by Spidey fans worldwide. And the half African American, half Latino school kid was first introduced to the world in 2011 by writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Sarah Picelli, in the wake of a, at the time, dead Peter Parker. The animated movie will not be connected to the MCU. Not the weirdest read I've ever heard in my life. Did you like that? So you read that earlier and you said to me there was a sentence I'd done. It wasn't English. Which one was it? Um, I kind of made it make more sense. You probably just read it how I meant it, how I wrote it. Um, the you I can read read it again if you want. No, I'm no. fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Just want to point out flawless, flawless writing. Excited for an animated start. Sorry, I really spider. am to the point where I don't believe it. it's going to happen. But oh. next year's solo movie, Homecoming, isn't the only form the web slinger will be hitting the big screen. It's not great English, but it works. <laughs> it's does holding it? in there. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it does. But next year's solo movie, Homecoming, isn't the only form the web slinger will be hitting the big screen. Ah. Uh. In which the web slinger? Do you think it's the only form the web slinger will be hitting? Well, I mean, yeah, you can put it anywhere if you need to, but I don't uh, think you have to. I do. I'm just being economical. All right, because well, words cost money. Whacking a few commas there. Words as well. cost money. Let's continue. You write your own fucking news next time. Um, w- will you read it for me? No. Like a ten-year-old boy. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't believe. I still. I just. I'll believe this when I see it. The when it, if it's because it's meant to be in the cinemas. A Sony animated Spider-Man film in the cinemas? I, I just don't believe it. Like, where does that fit in what's going on right now? As opposed to the Cine Satins? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you like that? That's so bad. Did you use that one on your tour? I uh, uh, will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got so, some. He's got some zingers. Yeah. If someone tour. says cinemas, I'll be like. You know, just whip it out. Don't whip it out, please. Well, no, get, no, that's no. how you get fired. <laughs> um, um, but let's just go with this. Is let's just go with this is happening. Who? I mean, obviously, I'm a big Spidey fan, so I'm excited to see any Spidey. Do you guys care about an animated feature film of Spider-Man at cinemas? I'm, I'm like, to be honest, the most exciting thing about that little blurb that I read was the the this Michael. I mean, no, not Michael Bendis. The Miles the, Morales. Yes, 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 Miles Morales. Because I didn't, I've never, I didn't know anything about this. He's been the new Spider-Man for a while. Because Peter Parker comic books. Well, this is the thing because there's multiverses. You know, there's a lot sure. of different comic books. Uh, but in the main line, Spidey died, or Peter Parker died. I mean, um, and then Miles Morales. I didn't like how they gave him his. He has the same. He gets bit by radioactive spider again. Oh, so that's a bit weird. Convenient. He come up with something different. Um, but he's a really cool character and he's much younger and you know he appeals to demographic of a different type of person being Spider-Man and stuff and what? a lot of people wanted him to be the new live action Spider-Man oh. um, but Marvel were very you know adamant about well Peter Parker is sure. you know, our number one Spider-Man and Miles Morales may well be the number one Spider-Man later on but he's not been around for 60 years or whatever sure, sure. which I think is valid um, 
So I, it's, I, I, that, that, that's the thing that excites me about this project or this, this thing is that I'm like, cool, that would be cool. I'd be into seeing this new idea of Spidey. Okay. Okay. It's got a different suit. That's Alex, cool. You care? Um, yeah, I'm not super buzzed about. I mean, yeah, I like the character. I don't, I'm not super buzzed about seeing an animated Spidey film. I used to love the cartoon. Mm. Do you remember the Spider Man cartoon? Oh, that was great. Awesome. Mm. But. Yeah. When you Doesn't say animated, so. do you mean like Pixar animated? Or I don't know. Do That's you mean not much like info. 2D cartoon? I'm hoping 2D. You really. know how I'm visualizing it? Like the Turtles animation. Yeah, film. I know. That's what worries me. Oh, like Michael Bay type vibe. No, no. no, no you no, mean no, the TMNT one. one? Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, that was a good film, but I just don't know if that would suit Spidey. Oh, that style. Yeah, okay. I just don't know if that would suit Spidey. I don't... I just don't... We have a live action Spidey, so I don't want something animated trying to look live action. Mm-hmm. That Turtles one fell in a time where we didn't think we were ever going to get another Turtles film, so it made sense. Um, I would much rather a 2D one. I love animation and I love Spidey. I'm interested to see Miles Morales, but at the end of the day, I don't. His character is actually very similar to how Peter Parker used to be, oh. so it doesn't make a big difference. It's just you know, there's you know, different color of his skin. He's basically, just, oh really? Like, oh, okay. I, don't, I thought know. it would have more. It. I mean, I people are probably shouting. People are probably upset about it, but honestly, ostensibly. To a lot of the early comics of Peter Parker of coming from a you know poor family, struggling at school, all this stuff, they're fairly similar in character traits. They really are. Right. Um, so I don't really care if it's Peter Parker. I don't care if it's Miles Morales. I just want to see a cool film um, with Spidey in it. And I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy if it happens. I just, just for some reason, I just don't believe it until it happens. Because I just don't see how that works. Spider-Man: Homecoming comes out, and then Avengers is coming out with Spider-Man, and then there's a Spider-Man animated movie in the cinemas. I just think I just don't understand how that works. Well, they might release it somewhere else. Like just in like Chatton, Brazil. In Saturn. Yeah. Cinema. Cine Saturn. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Not connected to the MCU though, so it's kind of like, well, it's not even, it doesn't. And that's just going to confuse It doesn't really people. matter because any film that's not connected to the MCU, who gives a shit? Am I right? X-Men. <laughs> Halloween. I mean, number four. Four. <sighs> Halloween. We haven't had a new Halloween film since Bob Zombies. No. <laughs> no. That's what his friends call them. No. <laughs> nope. This is the most exciting news of the week. We tried again. This really is. This <clears throat> is exciting news. <laughs> we haven't had a new Halloween film since Rob Zombie's frankly bizarre sequel to his reboot in 2009. But now comes news from Bloomhouse that the long or Blumhouse Blum, Blumhouse that the long running franchise is returning to cinemas <laughs> and in a twist no one ever dreamt would happen <laughs> you did it you did it right oh, I've lost it o- original writer and director John Carpenter is returning to the series for the first time in almost 30 years as executive producer and creative consultant on the project that is exciting news uh, he will also provide the musical score Mm. I don't know what his musical talents are. So he wrote the Hallow- all the Halloween music. Like, oh, he did. Give us a give us theme tune. Th- oh, well, uh, he wrote. That's a great thing. Great news. He wrote, he wrote a lot of his movies' music. Carpenter is insisting he has every intention in making the tenth installment in the legendary series, the scariest of the lot. And that's in quotation marks. So he must have said the word scariest. He said the word scariest. He did. Just, just you know, at a dinner party, out mm. of context. <laughs> Scariest! <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, he must oh. be talking about the new Halloween entry. 
Um, I'm really fucking excited. Uh, we're going to get to Halloween after Freddy. So people will be able to hear it in uh, eight months' time? Probably at that time this movie's coming out. Um, I, yeah, Halloween was my... I've talked about it before on this podcast, I think. Oh, no, probably on Friday the 13th one. It, is, it was my introduction to Slashes, really. Um, and I still think... And I went back to the original Halloween recently. I still think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. I think it was an incredibly elegantly filmed movie. Uh, economical in all the best ways. And I think it's just the seminal piece of filmmaking. Um, I know on Elm Street, I think it's a great movie, but it's not seminal. Like, you know, it's just a little bit grubby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Halloween's pristine. I really do. Um, and I'm a big fan of the series, but Seven was the only other really good one in them, for my opinion. They're all kind of trash until Seven. So, if, yeah, I'm fucking excited. I mean, I don't like Is a lot of John Is this the first time he's songs. been back on this? What, what, so did, he, he, what did Carpenter the last do? He, oh, what they last do, to do with Halloween. Yeah. He wrote or co-wrote three and he wrote two i think but he didn't direct them right and then he left the series because he wanted originally halloween to be not centered around one thing he wanted every film to be a different story like an anthology he didn't want it to be about one person like michael myers all the time so he divorced himself from the series there uh he makes studios listen to directors sometimes no i don't think it is because he did that with three that's what three is three is like an episode from twilight zone michael myers isn't in it it's awful. It's so you, awful. you want the... Oh, yeah, I'm in it for fucking Michael Myers. Why do I watch a Friday 13th film? I want to see Jason. You know? Yeah, fair point. Um, you're in it for the character, yeah. uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, but... Wrongly. I'm very excited for any new Halloween film, but one that has John Carpenter come back. I don't like a lot of his films he's done recently, but just, you know, it's a seal of approval, obviously, and his him doing music for it. I'm interested if he's just basically doing the same music that's been in all of them but a new version of it because I don't see how you do Halloween without that theme tune or if he's going to write something new and weird maybe maybe <laughs> who knows, yeah. who knows? Um, um, being a not a fan of these films not that I don't like them but just that I have never seen them hmm. um, you know whenever someone's returning to something they did when it was good it, yeah like oh, you said yeah. it's a good good sign seriously what's the first Halloween like it's actually been put oh, well, yeah. in um, the vault of what is it culturally relevant wait have you done the podcast for this year? no oh well let me know you can join in Halloween I'd love to um, but yeah that, that film's actually been put in like the culturally relevant like the greatest most culturally important films ever made <coughs> mm-hmm. um, interesting I have a little bit of secret news okay not secret news at all but mm. just one that I wanted to read out oh you're stealing my job now secret news I was doing so well secret, secret news secret news secret news let me know if you heard about this John Carney, the director of Once and Begin Again. You know Once, uh, the music The one. Irish singing one. Yeah, cost like $300,000 and made about $60 million. Yeah, pretty amazing film. And then it's got, yeah, the whole musical theatre thing that probably makes him God knows how much money. Yep. Well, he then did a film called Begin Again with Mark Ruffalo, Adam Devine and Kira Knightley. Nope. Uh, well, the director, John Carney, has just come out sorry, with a brazenly open statement about his time working with Kira Knightley on the movie. Here we go. During an oh, interview shit. with The Independent about his new film, Sing Street. Have you heard this? No. No, this I'm excited. I'm in. Okay. Open quote. Not that I didn't enjoy Begin Again, but Kira has an entourage that follows her everywhere, so it's very hard to get any real work done. And so I was very ready to come back to Ireland and make films that nobody cared about who was in it or any of that crap. I learned that I'll never make a film with a supermodel again. 
So it's not like I hate the Hollywood thing, but I like to work with curious proper film actors as opposed to movie stars. I don't want to rubbish Kira, but you know, it's hard being a film actor and it requires a certain level of honesty and self-analysis that I don't think she's ready for yet. And I certainly don't think she was ready for on that film. Brilliant. End quote. Wowie, wow, wow. It's nice to hear someone deliver something so brutally honest. Fucking like, I mean, yeah. It's lucky he seems happy working in Ireland because he's not coming <laughs> back. He's not coming back, is he? Uh, just that line in particular. I learned that I'll never make a film with a supermodel again. It's like, ooh, that's a kick in the guts. Way to fucking put an actor down. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, fair enough. If she's bringing people on set, she's yeah. not engaging with him, not working. Yeah, I mean, we don't know her side of the story, obviously, but totally. I can imagine the entourage system is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I always, I don't think she's a great actress, but she always seemed in interviews fairly nice. But mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, like maybe he just became annoyed with the system of it and then took that on her, or maybe she was just a nightmare, who knows? Yeah. Um, Interesting nonetheless. Bit of, yeah. Bit of good gossip. Just nice to have someone being, yeah, like I say, being yes. open about something. Mm. It was very surprising secret news. <laughs> now we're going to move into game news. You ready? Did you, I'm just, did you take that piece of secret news because you knew I'd apply a stupid voice of some yeah, sort that was quotations well i thought nate was gonna be here right so i took it out because i knew nate wouldn't read that quote in the dignity it deserved right, right. <laughs> i knew we'd do a jj abrams voice and we'd be off on a journey sure, we couldn't uh, come back from sure <laughs> sure i was irish though so. yeah. well i never well, worked with supermodels yeah, it would have been interesting to see if you know. nate went and did the irish accent i would like that yeah. i just got a text from grubhub for our grey block pizza that we're eating this Has evening. it arrived? It says, tell us about your order. Reply stop to stop these texts. <laughs> uh, just uh, write back, p- what pizzas? If you're in the Venice area <laughs> in LA, go to Jolina's because they have the best pizza. Oh my God, best pizza um, in the world. But if you just need some regular pizza, go to grey block pizza. It's a good, you can get some sesame poppy seed crusts. You can get, what did you guys go? go I got garlic crust. Garlic crust. Yeah, I got garlic too. Some nice shredded chicken. Because normally, you know, when you get chicken on the pizza, I steer away from it because it's that sliced bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice shredded Shredded stuff. chicken. Yeah, mm. I tried Adrian's. It was really nice. It was like a yeah. bit of goat's cheese and tomato. and yeah. um, No chicken, though. Grey yeah. Block Pizza. But you had some com. of mine. I did. I did have yeah, some we of yours. It was really nice to share. Yeah, it was nice yeah, it's, it's interesting how some people don't share their pizzas. I'm, I'm happy in my life. Uh, Grey Block, if you'd like to send us any free pizzas, uh, we are whores. <laughs> So we'll take whatever you up for us. Yep. We'll sponsor you. Yep. Although we're already advertising you without you giving us free pizza. So we haven't really given you the reasons. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, we got it wrong. I did it the we wrong way around. understood how it works. <laughs> All right. So I've got five pieces of game news. You ready? I'm gonna one. Whip, we're going to whip through these. <laughs> yep. One. No Man's Sky, the long-awaited PS4 exclusive, Starting has been delayed morning. again from June the 21st to August 9th. And the internet exploded. Oh, yeah. Creator Sean Murray had this to say on a PlayStation blog, open quote, The game really has come together and it's such an incredible relief. As we sit and play it now and as I watch playtesters every day, I can finally let myself get excited. We're actually doing this. However, as we approached our final deadlines, we realized that some key moments needed extra polish to bring them up to our standards. I have had to make the tough choice to delay the game for a few weeks to allow us to deliver something special. End quote. Uh, after a short delay, No Man's Sky will launch in North America on August the 9th. Two in days Europe, after my August birthday. August the 10th. And in the UK. Three days after my birthday. August the 12th. Five days after my birthday. <laughs> <Math>. <laughs> so the real reason I wanted to bring this up, not because it's news, it's sad. Obviously, No Man's Sky is probably the most anticipated Heart video game in the last so two years. Cool. The real reason I want to bring this up because he did that 
And then the internet being a lovely place it is, had such outrage, he's been subjected to a torrent of abuse online, a torrent of death threats. Serious. He's had to like tweet out like some of the crazy things people have been sending to him. But, but, um, but it's his game. Yeah. So that's really why I want to talk about it because fuck <laughs> you people. I'm sorry. It's great if you're passionate about something. I'm passionate about stuff. It's great if you're excited and you're right to be disappointed <clears throat> when something gets delayed. He owes you nothing. If yep. he stops now and decides, you know what? I'm the only one who's ever going to play this game. That's his prerogative. He's an artist. He's created something. He doesn't owe you it. Once you've bought it, then you can grumble if you don't like something. But it's not... He has no reason, you know? It's up to him what he's doing with it. It's sad. It's been delayed. Don't fucking be a... Not even a baby. Don't be an asshole. And put blame on people for something that you haven't played. Maybe it's shit. Maybe yeah, you don't want to play that it. he <laughs> is doing his best to perfect for you. Yeah. Like, it takes so much blood and tears to do this stuff. Video games, I think, more than any medium of entertainment. So much time and so Mm -hmm. much... Just your relationships fray, you know? And to get near the end and to finally... He's finally letting himself be excited. And then you guys just smash him down with it. And I don't say you guys, because I doubt anyone who listens to this is that kind of Well, I was about to say, we'd like to give a collective fuck you probably to our audience. Yeah, it's just you guys. Actually, you know what? Well done. <laughs> Keeping abusive. Um, no, seriously, I'm sure everyone listening agrees, but it's just very upsetting that this is how the internet chooses to voice itself. But at the same time, it's just everyone's on the internet. I kind of get fed up with, yeah, all these bad things are being said and the internet's doing all this bad stuff. It's like, well, it's because there are how many, a billion people now on the internet or whatever it is. You're going to hear everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear those horrible people speak up. Whereas, well, and it's such a great platform. I mean, it's the same thing as the, the bullying and stuff that goes on because it's so anonymous. Yeah, yeah. There's no accountability. You can say what you want. Yeah. And I think people forget most of these people probably sending the stuff, probably eight or nine. And, you know, they live in this weird world where they get to be that horrific. Uh, but they have no accountability. They have no understanding. And they're just lashing out or whatever seems important to them that hour. Mm. Um, but No Man's Sky is coming in August. Not far to go. Yeah, got put back a couple of months. What? It's exciting. Well, I mean, it, whenever it comes out, it's going to be exciting. I mean, yeah. it could be bad, but at the moment, I am pumped. I mean, yeah. it looks great. I wish we could explore the Is universe this like together. the universe thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. I, I remember that. Yeah. Number two. 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 Ghost Recon Wildlands. It's been almost a year since uh, last E3's announcement of Ghost Recon Wildlands, the newest entry in the long dormant and beloved franchise. And since that time, we've received little to no information about the title. But that'll change this week as we were given a brand new trailer with tons of in-game footage showcasing a sprawling, varied open world, vehicular combat, firefights, stealth, and a Far Cry-style environment to explore. The trailer ends with a promise that more is to come during E3 next month. You a Ghost Recon uh, player, Al, in the past? I was. I never loved it because it was third person. But this trailer, I, I could have sworn it was two E3s ago, but I must be going crazy because my... When I looked it up, it was last E3. It was it was my game of the show, um, yeah. Because they just suddenly came out with a trailer, and it looked incredible, and the environments were varied and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was everything I wanted from a video game. Whether it still is by the time it comes out, I don't know. But it's the first time we've heard from it since then, and like see more E3. I'm hoping it'll be there, and I hope there'll be some play tests so we can go and see them. Twiddle your it. thumbs, check out, mm. 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 or just watch someone else playing it. I don't care, whatever. Twiddle their thumbs. Well, yeah. That's how I like prefer to play video games. I let someone else play and then I just hold their hands. Yeah, <laughs> they, they sit on your lap and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you're showing them how to play golf in those classic sort of the whole creepy 
moments. Yep. Right. Yeah, just yep. Get the oh, there it is. There we go. Oh. Oh. Just looks natural. Oh. Thanks, mate. Hips. Yeah, natural. Cool. That's great. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to be a better golfer. Yeah, thank you. And I'm satisfied. <laughs> Did you guys play any uh, Ghosty Reconny? Is that the... No, that's It's not Splinter Cell, is it? No. no. So yeah, Tom Clancy Splinter Cell. Yeah, Tom Clancy goes Recon. Yeah, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. And now you've got the Division and stuff. Yeah, no. Is Ghost Recon first person? No, so it used to be third person, but then it would go into first person, I think, at points when you were sniping or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was very... Very slow pace, very tactical. Mm-hmm. You'd move around with a little team and you'd have to really, you know, like, uh, what's the word? You'd go prone. Strategic. And, yeah. Move around on your belly a lot and yeah. roll and things. Which I really liked. I kind of liked, I like, as we talked about before, shooting as shooters slowing down the pace a little bit. Like yeah, leaning on the realism versus the yeah, spectacle. A little bit for me. Um, the uh, but the, the environments for this just look spectacular. So I'm hoping. It pays off. Do they still put Tom Clancy, the name Tom Clancy, in front of them? Normally, yeah. Why? Who is Tom Clancy? He's dead now. Was he a writer or something? Yeah, he was a writer. He wrote he wrote all like Clear and Present Danger in the end, Hunt for Red October yeah, and stuff. Hunt for Red October is right. what I was about to say. Um, They're both Paramount films, by the way. Are they? Just because I like Sean now. Connery, uh, yep. Red, Hunt for Red October. He, he's and, a Paramount uh, film. Harrison Ford, Clear and Present Danger. Yep. Willem Dafoe's in it as well. Nice. Yeah. Number three. 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 The episode of Kitman game already has two episodes out and it's just been announced that the third episode will see the titular character heading to Marrakesh on May the 31st. Ooh, which is tomorrow, today. Today. Uh, quote, you'll encounter a maze of alleys, a range of souks that line the Medina walls as well as rooftop terraces. Brilliant. End quote. Alex, you yes. can talk about this because you've actually played more Hitman than I have. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Uh, well... Coming into this game, I'd never played any of the Hitman games at all, mm. at all. So it was a weird kind of jump uh, going into an episodic form of the game where I would kind of get the start getting the hang of the mechanics and the environments and then I'd finish a level and then that would be it. <laughs> uh, so that kind of was a bit of a stumbling block. Um, and for the first episode, the one that's in, set in Paris... I kind of rushed through it. I thought, thought the environment was quite congested and um, yeah, it sort of was a bit difficult to navigate, but then I downloaded the second episode, uh, Sapienza, which is set in Italy, um, and it definitely has a much more of an open world feel um, and for me, a, a lot of um, replayability as far as kind of accomplishing all the challenges and the different assassinations. And I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed, um, yeah, just dropping back into that world, exploring, opening up new ways to to sort of do things and go about things and new disguises and weapons and all that. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. But again, you finish it and or you start completing the bulk of these challenges and you, you have to wait. You have to wait, and which is really frustrating. I'm impressed that they are coming out as quick as they are mm-hmm. right now. Like, because the last one, Sapienza, was the last month, wasn't it? Yep. So it's only been a month, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit more, like a month and a half between these episodes, which is great. I mean, not ideal. Yeah. It'd be better just to have the game when it's finished. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm impressed at least you're not having to wait, you know, four months. Mm-hmm. But is it like a binge watch thing? Could you get into the 
you know, the series late and then like just hundred percent just it, binge play. When it's over, there'll be a physical copy of it coming out. Right. I would actually recommend, to be honest, that people wait and just buy it at yeah, the end. I would say the same. Um, the little I played of it, I really liked the Lucas Sapienza. I played some of Paris. There's some, I didn't really like the tutorial levels. And then Paris is a little bit small and Sapienza looks a lot bigger. Yeah. This, this sounds big as well. Um, yeah, I really like the game. I think it's a refreshing game. and It's what I want to be playing a lot of the time. But yeah, without just knowing that, yeah, you, once you finish it, you just got to wait. It just doesn't appetize me. I want to, I kind of want to be able to, I want a Hitman where you can start the game, do a couple of levels at the beginning and then just pick where you want to go next in the world. See a map of the world yep. and pick one and just drop into it. So you don't even have to do them in the order they're giving them to you. Um, but it's definitely a nice pace of a game that i really enjoy that it's sort of it's oddly peaceful yeah you can take your time just exploring um and that's it and not and be a non-threat to anyone and kind of explore the world have different avenues open up just break into buildings yep um and yeah there's a real kind of calmness and and silence in that which i really enjoy Mm. and then but then it's mixed in with you know pretty heavily violent sort of moments of yeah. when you when you have to kill your targets but it, it's you can, there's so much flexibility in how you approach that which is really cool i did a direct comparison actually when i was playing uncharted 4 did you have this when you go into the auction house and you walk through the door and spoiler. there's a room full of people spoiler there's an auction um there's a room full of people and i was immediately reminded of hitman yeah. Um, in terms of a big room full of people and like kind of set up like Hitman. Yeah. And I immediately then could compare the graphics in my head to like how Hitman did. Because I remember when I first played the Paris of Hitman, I was quite impressed with the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncharted obviously knocks it out of the park even oh, more. Absolutely. But um, but it gave me weirdly a Hitman vibe to it, which was kind of Well, cool. it was funny. I was playing, I, I had been playing Hitman. Um, I sort of ditched it. I, I, I finished, I finished Sapienza and then left it. And then I kind of dropped back in Um and then just really started taking my time completing the challenges. Then Uncharted came out, focused on that, and then went back to Hitman. Oh, really? And it was amazing kind of seeing the world of Sapienza and how it looked and seeing that the first time, going, oh, wow, this is great. It looks beautiful. Jumping into Uncharted, and it was yeah, like, yeah. whoa, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is insane. And then going back to Hitman again was like, whoa, like this is a marked difference. It's like yeah. miles apart. Not as pretty. Not as pretty. Um yeah, but but definitely I can see that that comparison for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, number four. 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 Uncharted Four: Thief's End has become the fastest-selling PS4 first-party title. The supposedly final entry in the critically lauded series has sold over 2.7 million units worldwide so far. Really, not much of a surprise to anyone. It was going to be the biggest first-party game but it's done incredibly well for itself like normally it's like previous ones haven't sold that well that quickly um and secret number five secret number five five this is our main talking point we've skirted around this for weeks months and now it seems to be finally happening it looks like those rumors were true as more sources claim that microsoft has not one but two new consoles coming out over the next two years holy shit a shit. slim model yeah it's coming you just wait okay wait. sorry just temper just, yourself i'm sorry paramount boy right. calm down i'm not i'm not paramount boy <laughs> i am not paramount boy um are you going are you leaving just some more pizza no i'm good greatbotpizza.com a slim model 
Launching later this year, and the much-rumoured Xbox 1.5, now known as the Scorpio, coming next year. A source told Polygon that the Scorpio will be four times more powerful than the Xbox One, and the slim model will be about 40% smaller, cheaper, should contain 4K support, and will have a 2TB hard drive. Six, uh, sorry, the um, Scorpio is rumored to have a six teraflops, which is going up against... Uh, <laughs> what's that mean? Teraflops. It has to do with the power of it. I don't really right. understand. Uh, <laughs> whereas PlayStation's counterpart to that is their Neo that we've been talking about, their new yep. iteration, uh, which is said to have 4.14 teraflops. Can I just interrupt you for a second? Um, you know how my brain still works with consoles? Is that how it works? No, no, it works. The, the way that I... I was wondering the, the, the way, the way, cartridge-based? The way, the, well, almost. The way that I think about it is from my youth, and I think of like Nintendo and... Um, uh, what was the first Sega like Master System? Oh. Uh, and, I, and I think of it like 8-bit, and then we went to Mega Drive 16-bit, and, 16 bit, and, and 32, then 32-bit, 64. 64 so I keep like constantly trying to like trying do to double that. every yeah. time. So where are we at? We're in a new era. That's the thing. And this is the significance of a new era. They struggled when they were getting Xbox One and PS4 out. They didn't know how to do it. They wanted it to be online the whole time. Mm-hmm. They knew they wanted things to build. Uh, they talked about the infrastructure of one day having a console that basically is a fucking PC where you just keep buying new stuff for it and you update it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're used to having generations, which is what you're talking about. They yeah. normally last for average eight years. It can be six, can be 10. It's about eight years normally. We, these consoles have been out for three years right now, come November. So not even um, two and a half years, whatever. And the next, if this comes out when it says it's going to come out, it'll have been you know three to four years before the next console yeah. has come out. Um, now we ignore the slim because the slim is going to happen. We yeah. know it's going to happen. It's going to be smaller, cheaper, surprising, but if they say so. And I mean that's been a pattern for quite a while with different consoles. Yeah, like midway through slim versions, uh, you get a slim. This yeah. is this is a bit earlier, I think. Um, but having 4K support is a surprise um, and the 2 terabyte hard drive is, is great because at that the moment awesome. you had 500 and then you had a 1 terabyte, 2 terabyte would be great because um, it would stop us from having to do what I have to do which is have a fucking external hard drive That's patched in the whole time um, now the PlayStation uh, an, industry in, uh, an industry insider has also come out to claim that the PS4 Neo was originally conceived as an answer to poor VR performance on launch PS4s so this is your point Adrian yeah mm. VR is the future and VR is uh, whether we like it or not, it's something that they want to support. Uh, the consoles just aren't powerful enough for it right now. They aren't. Right. So there's, so we know Sony has PlayStation VR. It's the least powerful of all the VR units, but it's probably going to be the cheapest. It comes out in October. Um, and that's when people think the PlayStation Neo is going to come out. It's in October for a number of reasons to do with, there's been some, uh, we talked about it before, some leaks of files where, Developers were told games made for, that were launching from October onwards had to have a Neo mode option so you could switch it on, which basically tells you, yes, the Neo is going to be out the end of this year. What that is, we don't know. If it's true with what we've heard, 4.14 teraflops, it means it's more powerful than PS4. It's been definitely used for 4K. It's been definitely used to help with the VR performance and things like that. The Xbox One, if the Xbox One's combating that this year by going, well, we're going to have a slim out. Uh, we will have 4K and a bigger hard drive but it's not going to be more powerful, then they're not really combating it this year. But if then they're going next year, we're having one that's even more powerful than the PS Neo. And it's also been rumored now that Xbox are getting in bed with Oculus Rift. 
which is one of the two bigger VR units, along with Vive. Uh, Vive is the biggest one uh, from Valve. Um, that would be huge. You know, that that could be a game changer. At the moment, totally. Sony are dominating. If Xbox by the end of next year have the most powerful con- like uh, console out there, and Oculus Rift, and all the library of Oculus Rift games that are will be building throughout this year. Um, that could really swing the pendulum a little bit more in their direction. Here's my question to you, though: If, uh, if the big console hardware people, Xbox, are Microsoft, Sony, mm-hmm. if they're bringing out newer and more powerful consoles in a shorter time span, how are developers going to keep up? Because generally, the trend has always been game game wise. It takes three or four years before you start seeing developers really maximize the potential of mm-hmm. whatever particular console usually the first kind of generations of games are either like um halfway between sort yeah of thing, halfway right? between or they're um what are they called like definitive editions or like yeah, yeah, revamped yeah. versions so how is this how are developers going to be able to keep up if consoles are just like racing ahead no developers hate this developers have already spoken out they hate that this stuff is happening it's mm-hmm. easier for them to have a user you know to have a bed where they know what they're working on yeah and they can build on that technology um and they you know there's probably many developers didn't notice what's happening so they're going oh great our game's now going to come out on the ps4 and not the ps4 neo or something dumb yeah you're splitting you're also risking splitting your marketplace which is you know a death knoll um it takes and it takes time for to build mm. yeah um and everything's in a really good place right now what's happening is terrifying uh for for the industry and fascinating because it's kind of well the only way you don't split your marketplace is if what sony are apparently doing is saying look it's an optional peer it's an optional neo mode people can switch it on or off depending if they have their console or not mm-hmm. essentially if they have it it'll just mean you'll eke a little bit more out and it'll look a little bit nicer and it'll be like having a pc running at a slightly higher you know um when you have the little sliders and you can pick how much power you got on your PC. Mm-hmm. Essentially be like that. That makes sense. But then you're not using all the rest of the power that this new console has for all yeah, the cool yeah. stuff it could do because they don't want to split the market. They don't want people to feel you're getting a worse copy of a game if you've only got a PS4. Totally. The Xbox 1.5 or the Xbox Scorpio as it's now called in the code name. That's even more confusing because it's, well, this one seems way more powerful what are they getting? Because if you maximizing how powerful that console is, there's no way it'll ever run on Xbox One. It's not just like it's looking a little bit sharper and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? Like, are they going to make two versions of games? No, that's never going to happen. I mean, it's not never going to happen, but they're not going to do that for all games that come out. Are they going to have people who make games just... Are they going to be Scorpio exclusives, you know? That's right. And that's when people are going to get pissed off. Because people are upset about this. They feel it means that they're forgetting... The old consoles, I don't think there's any way Microsoft or Sony will be stupid enough to do that. I think they'll come up with a way that, you know, you buy a game and it'll run on either, but it'll run optimized on something else. But like, yeah, it's just I gonna... mean, it's a way of forcing consumers to buy a new product, right? Yeah, they're it's, definitely not. But they're sure. not. I mean, it's the thing. People get really upset about it because people are saying, oh, now I have to do this. It's like, well, you don't, yeah. you know, you have your Xbox One, you're happy with it. You've been playing it probably for since it came out for three years ago. You've got all that enjoyment out of it and you can continue to. Now, this is the caveat. If they make it so that there's a different experience on the Scorpio and there are games you can't play. Which they will. Well, we don't know. That's what I mean. Like Sony in behind doors leak stuff has made it very clear they're not ever going to do that. They probably will at some point, but not for a while. Let's presume Microsoft are on the same page as Sony with this. But if they, yeah, if they did that, then it's bullshit. 
because that's um, how mobile phones I mean cell phones work right yeah like they upgrade them and they go oh look at all the cool new shit you can do with this phone which you can't do with your old one yeah and then it's like oh my two year plan's up update your phone bigger yeah well that's the thing a lot of people then are, are comparing it to well you buy a new cell phone every year or every two years and that's what consoles are going to become um, they are different I mean cell phones have multiple uses to them um, they also have upgrade plans on them. You can't, you know, I mean, you can go in and exchange Xbox plus one, but it's not going to get you that much. Sure. Um, I don't know, man. Like, okay, for starters, for starters, I mean, look, we don't, we can do conjecture on, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Mm-hmm. Are they going to fuck over their user base? Are they going to, you know, use the most amount of power or something? We don't know. So to be honest, I find those conversations fun, but they're kind of pointless at this stage. Um, hopefully E3 will know a whole lot more, which is just in a few weeks away. But for now, it's, is anyone interested? Are you guys happy just with your Xbox Ones or your PS4s? Would you, are you excited about the idea of, hey, a new console could be coming out that's even more powerful? Um, no, I'm, I'm really happy with where things are at right now. Like mm. with Uncharted coming out and a bunch of games we saw at E3 last year, I feel like we're hitting that, uh, I don't know, like that zenith, that peak, or not that peak, or where you know that that moment when we're really maximizing developers and maximizing the potential of these consoles and bringing out beautiful games. And I want to like have that period, like from previous generations, where that period is e- extended over a few years, and you you enjoy that and you have great titles that come out. I f- my fear with this is for developers being stretched mm. too much and not knowing where to sit or which which console to focus on if the market's going to be like well we're not going to push the next generation now we're going to keep it like you can have one or the other but it's okay because there's going to be you can have access for both or you can tweak your console like i don't know i'm worried about the quality how that's going to affect developers and therefore the quality of what comes out because they might be stretched yeah i agree with you i think um i mean i'll you know just objectively i'm excited about it because any new kit i get excited about Absolutely. if my games i can play can be more powerful great that's exciting mm-hmm. but you're right at the beginning of any generation it takes there are teething problems and it takes a while and we have just from the end of last year i guess hit the stride of great games finally coming out yeah. on, this, on yeah. this, these consoles uh there are reports of uncharted like machines that are running it you can hear the fans going crazy as they're running it because it's pushing the machine so far already which is a worry because it took eight years to get Uncharted 3 out of you know, PS3s. Um, so how much further there is to go with Fidelity I'm, is questionable. Um, I'm, I'm kind of nonplussed at this point. I'm like, I'm happy with where it's at, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and not just similar to what you're saying, Alex, I feel like the, the, there's still, you know, the current systems of, uh, you know, still got legs. There's yeah, still, there's more to eke out of them. Yeah, that's right. There's still... Still got plenty to offer. I mean, I think, like, and that's why it makes me go, well, why are they doing it now? Like, why VR. don't they? VR is the reason for sure. Like, VR yeah. is the main push for them. Is is they have to all be involved in that market, and currently their consoles can't run them. So like, it's like a race to the moon or something. Yeah, kind of thing is going on. It's like they want it. They want the time to develop it, but they don't want to be the last kid on the block. Yeah. to get their. And VR, Microsoft VR is going to be out. the last on the block, but but the, mo- but the most powerful from the sounds of it. That doesn't always win the battle, though. So it's funny, like for me, and I don't know if it's just sort of like classic grumpy old man sort of syndrome of not wanting change. But for me, VR still seems like a massive kind of gamble. Yeah, I think it's a huge as gamble. far as like whether people are 
like a huge chunk of the market are actually going to embrace it and bring it into their homes. Well, it has to be embraced enough to bring the price down. The only way they'll think it will become what they need it to become, it has to be much cheaper. And the only way that will happen is if enough people buy it to begin with. And mm. I, yeah, I, as I've said a million times, I don't think, I think it'll have a place in, in games, much like 3D has a place in films, but I don't think it'll become the mainstay at all of how we yeah. play video well, games. Uh, I think VR is going to be used in far more interesting implications to do with medics, medicine, to yeah. do with movies, to do with... Um, as it already is rental properties that use them yeah. all around the world to do with people like a virtual Skype and stuff like that um, what about like is it is it not dissimilar to like you know motion sensors in gaming like yeah. you know like the Kinect or like uh, Wii and all that sort of thing is it like because for me that that was well, kind I of a novelty in yeah. a way it was a thing that happened and yeah for a time it was cool but for the most part I, I went back to to playing you know yeah, games but, the way I was used to playing games. Yeah, no, but yeah, well, that's what I mean in terms of I think it'll there'll be a little blitz of it and then it'll die off and then it'll still exist occasionally for you know the elite or the people really into it. But VR has a much bigger implication with regular people than it does totally. with gamers. Mm-hmm. It's weird all yeah. the focus with gaming and that's really what it's been developed for because it's it's way before it's coming out gaming. It's been used in you know all these different facets of real life for interesting ways that it can do with it. But you just named two things like the Wii like arguably depending in which way you judge the statistics the biggest selling console of all time because of its gimmick and then the connect which did much better than people think but one of the biggest failures in gaming history of peripherals mm-hmm. um so it can go either way you know um and the wii is still embraced to this day in japan and it's still embraced by people of all ages and that's the real thing right. they want to capture is can vr capture all ages is everyone interested in this implication in some way and i think it will be just not with gaming um so yeah i mean they but they have to i appreciate you know their business like they don't want to see they can't risk being out of that race Mm. um but i i i my hope and i don't see how they're gonna do it but my hope is a clearly communicated message at e3 without any bullshit that explains to us what their intentions are and i would i'm very happy to have a ps neo i'm very happy to have an xbox scorpio i'm more than happy i'm excited to have those things Mm -hmm. As long as, yeah, it allows developers... Sure, it's an extra burn on the developers. I'm sorry about that. But as a consumer, I'm excited for that. As long as it means I get to play the same games I'm going to get to play on my PS4 or my Xbox One, they're just going to look nicer. Mm-hmm. You know, They're going to sure. run at 4K. They're going to be at 60 frames per second locked. They're going to have the extra detail that a PC would be able to pump out. That for me is like, well, great. And yeah. sure, some people are going to be upset about that. But hey, you didn't buy that console. You bought a different console. Mm-hmm. And this one came out years later. You don't get upset when the Xbox One comes out after the 360 and you're like, yeah, but I already bought the 360. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's a new thing. <laughs> um, and you can still play your games on the other one. You yeah. know? That's what my hope. Ubiquitous games on both, but they just really allow you to get the most out of the power with graphics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see very shortly. E3 is just around the corner. Just around the river bend. Now it's time for our new weekly segment, the Metro Outro. Stats prove that you fuckers tune out when you get to the end of a podcast because why would you stick around for, you know, which handles to go to, which website to check out when you know we're done with the podcast? Turn it off. That's what I do. That's it. It is what I do. I get to the end. It's like, well, I already know this bullshit. Done. I'm not going to listen. I'm out. I do so that. we do it in the middle of a podcast. And don't worry. We're not in the middle. We're getting near the end. I promise. Does that mean they start <laughs> switch? They'll, they'll go. They'll think we're finishing. No, we're not finished. Just to be clear, we still have two exciting segments left. But before we get to them, Head over to We Are Tessellate. We Are Tessellate, two S's, two L's. Think of it like the old J song, Tessellate. 
Alex is doing some tessellating right now. And if you want to watch him, head over to wearetessellate.com. You can find all of our podcast stuff. You can link through to our social medias because we are We Are Tessellate on all the social medias, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on Twitch, uh, all that fun stuff. Periscope. Periscope. Yeah, Periscope. Jinx. Um, and you can link to uh, all, if well, Jinx. most, if not all of them through our website, We Are Tessellate. You can also listen to some of music. We do some reviews. If you want to write reviews for us, let us know. Uh, send us an email. We are Tessellate at Outlook.com. We are Tessellate at Outlook.com. If you want to have any Love questions you. for us for the podcast, let us know on there. We have other podcasts we're doing, as Alex mentioned. We're doing a horror franchise by a bunch of retrospectives. Going for all the Friday 13th. They're about to start posting, I think, next week, uh, one a week. You can follow with us on that journey. And we're going to do a TV one soon. And we've got some cool show stuff coming up. With some web series that are going to come out. Pretty soon there's going to be something up every single day. A new thing up. Every, every single fucking Tessellate day. day. Um... And then we've got Alex's show as well. Hopefully we're doing soon. And then we've got, yeah, some feature films that we're making right now, including Starfish. You can watch Starfish Stories. Um, and you can see our old films and stuff. Go to We Are Tesla. It's all there. It's all there. Check it's it out. You. Um, I like that. Nice uh, middle yeah. Yeah. Outro, outro. outro. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Very good. Alex. I want to know what movies are out. I want to know what games are out. Yeah. I know how I can entertain my thumbs and my eyeballs. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? Let me tell you. Um, in a little segment I like to call Chris Pratt, can you give me some money? <laughs> That's how we'd actually sing it. Yeah. So this week, uh, June 2nd, Friday, June 2nd, I've got a few movies for you. First one coming out is Me Before You, which is about a girl in a small town that forms an unlikely bond with a recently paralyzed man she's taking care of. It's written by, uh, directed by Thea Sharrick, written by Jojo Moyes, who also wrote the novel of which it's based on, stars Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin, who was the trident guy in The Hunger Games. Oh, the Dragon Queen. I'm the Dragon Queen, Have yes. you seen the posters of this around? I've seen the trailer. <laughs> Woo! Have you? Is it, because the posters are horrible. It is, it is... Um, What's it called again? Me Before You. It's, Me Before You. I mean, the, f- the, the opening scene they show in the trailer is just, um, I'll say it, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. <laughs> I mean, it's a real sap fest, but look at this, it's look a poorly at acted, face. sappy kind of deal. Oh my God. Yeah. The post is unbelievable. So quickly moving on. I've also got this week. I, li- I like Hounzo, but I do like how they, t- how they try to, well, how do we make her not look like her Game of Thrones character? Let's die hair brunette. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit... There's he a, looks like a young Michael Fassbender there. There's he a, does. There's a bit where... I mean, she's beautiful, but... They're, um, they're like in the middle of it's this wedding party or something, and they're on the dance floor. And the whole shot is uh, her on his lap, but it's a tight shot, and he's clearly... Wheeling. He's clearly spinning his wheelchair around in a circle. So it's like this shot of them just like... Going, no. <laughs> <laughs> while they kind of whisper these sweet nothings to each other and talk about how she wants to go away and yeah <sighs> looks horrible but I mean it, it's just going to be awful is that what you're saying it just looks horrible I don't know like, maybe is it's it, amazing is it like but... going to have like some content that is like interesting and I, it um... looks like a real sappy rom-com okay. uh, not a rom-com just a romantic sort of meant to be in that line of kind of yeah very it, it, deep and heartfelt and, and okay but but Saccharine. A bit cringy. Yeah, it's a bit cringy. It's a okay. bit sort of like too forced. Um, 
you know, too glossy and whatever. Anyway, moving on. Uh, also coming out is Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, when it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. Uh, this is written and directed by the Lonely Island guys, uh, which includes Andy Samberg, yep, uh, from SNL and the Lonely Island. And Hot Rod. Uh, it's directed by Akiva Schaefer, one of those dudes, and Jorma Tacconi, one another, one of those dudes. It's also written by them, and it stars Andy Samberg, a host of celebrities, um, film stars and musicians are in this film. Trailer looks interesting. I think you were mentioning before, Adrian, like if they nail the kind of satire of you know, being a Bieber-esque pop star. Yeah. Then you're all for it. Um, I thought you said Bieber-lesque for a second. <laughs> well, Bieber, I'm with you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, they, if, they, if they get it on the nose, like right on the nose in terms of not in a bad way, but like mm-hmm. uh, satirically and like they find that humor and are able to like maintain that throughout the film in a way that's interesting, I think it'll be great. But... Uh, it could easily go down the path of like, oh god, this cliche is still going. Yeah, it's sort of you know. from from the the trailer. It looks, yeah, like it kind of it sort of pushes the obvious sort of like jokey punchlines yeah. of that sort of industry and what how we kind of view it. Right. Uh, although one silly bit that did make me laugh in the trailer is there's a bit where Andy Samberg proposes to Imogen Poots um, whilst Seal. The singer actually uh, sings to I them. I met him once. Um, whilst the media is watching, and for some reason, Andy Samberg's character is organised for these pack of wolves to be watching. <laughs> oh, that's as well. right. That made me laugh too. And uh, the yeah. wolves get released and start attacking everyone, and they escape into a helicopter. And Seal runs up to the helicopter, and he's like, "You have to get away." Um, and looks at them, and he's like, "How do you think I got these scars?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they're like, you got those scars because you were attacked by wolves, and then another wolf attacks him. Yeah. Wow. And that was the only bit that made me laugh. Wow! Um, if you can't with a comedy trailer, if you're not killing yourself laughing, how's that film got enough to? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You know? um, also coming out, and this one looks kind of interesting. Um, it's called Approaching the Unknown. Um, it sort of follows a trend uh, of recent films, I guess, of of uh, Space exploration, particularly to do with Mars and isolation and all those kind of themes. Uh, this is about Captain William Staniforth. Cinemas or? Cinemas, two cinemas, yeah. Uh, he's on a one-way solo mission to take the first steps in colonizing Mars. What's like, it called again? Sorry. Uh, approaching the unknown. Like all pioneers throughout history, Staniforth will face insurmountable odds and life and death decisions as he rockets bravely through space. Uh, it's written and directed by Mark Elijah Rosenberg, and I think this is his first feature, and it stars Mark Strong, Santa Lathan, and Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Yeah. Um, right, and it looks really interesting. It looks like one of those kind of uh, character pieces, you know, about a man's isolation. It's completely claustrophobic in his little capsule oh, as he hurdles towards like Mars, and it's just... I can buy it right now on UK iTunes. There you go, and it's just about purely about his kind of uh, confronting his demons and whatever, but in a you know, mixed with that way of things going wrong and whether they're in his head or whether they're mechanical issues. A part of the trailer reminded me a lot of the Danny Boyle film Sunshine. Really? And I went back and I watched the trailer for Sunshine and actually the opening of that trailer is very similar to this where it's got uh, the lead character's voiceover kind of describing 
this journey he's embarking on and it sort of shows them setting off um yeah it looks interesting it could it could be good um, I, quite, I quite like andy sandberg <laughs> i've been thinking about it i think he's all right <laughs> So Andy Samberg is in pop star, just so people are confused. <laughs> this is approaching the unknown. Takes me a while to process. Um, hang on, hang on. I'm just looking because I'm interested with that film. Let me just check something. It's already won one award. So it says it's coming out June the 3rd. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking because like I said, it's already on UK iTunes. So maybe in UK it's just gone straight to digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to check it out. I think it's worth a watch. Watch the trailer. It... It looks interesting because it's, you know, it's, I, I like those stories where, you know, it might have a, you know, the grander objective obviously is about getting to Mars, but the film is, you know, that kind of microscopic view on the character and their kind of yeah. turmoils. That sounds good to amidst me. Amidst the destruction and... Sounds quite ambitious for roles. a debut writing. And oh, directing. yeah. It's his first written and directed. Mm. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, but at um, the same time, it looks the thing that really appealed to me was that it looked like it didn't try and be over ambitious with like effects or big sets. It's like really honed in and really focused. Um, and that's a, it's the trailer for that's it. A, <laughs> yeah. That's the trailer. That's the toilet in it's the not casual. At all the toilet advert. Before um, the trailer. It's also rated R. So if you know, if you have a child. Yeah. So there's the trailer. Better, for language. Better than mine. Only for language. So if you swear at them, don't worry about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They probably picked it up at school. Anyway. If you swear at your uh, kids already. Now we're just going to quietly watch the trailer yeah. while Alex um, continues to read. Oh, you need the sound. You want to hear him. You should probably yeah. watch it later. Boop, 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 boop. Let's watch it later. Okay. Uh, last film and probably, I guess, the biggest one coming out this week and is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, excuse me, Out of the Shadows. That's a Paramount film. Turtles return to save the city from a dangerous threat. Is that really the log line for it or is that what you decided the film's going to be about? I didn't write anything. He writes these. Oh. Is that what you decided the film was about? Or was that like... Uh, that was just pinched off IMDb. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. The Turtles return to save the city from a dangerous threat. Some films... Which is like every film <laughs> Well, the thing ever. is, is like some films I sometimes will... Sometimes they don't return. Sometimes they're already there. That's oh, the right. twist. That's right. You know, and I'll look on IMDb and and you can go to the summaries and some it'll be like that and it'll say like Paramount has written that. And then you get like an extended one and some are written by like Anonymous or the right, right. writer or director. This one I didn't bother checking. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> I'm not even. I I was a massive Turtles fan growing up. I me loved too, those actually. Turtle films. Huge fan. These these Michael Bay produced ones have have I have not had an inkling at any point to go and see them. I haven't seen any of them either. But I'm going to change that soon. I'll be watching them. part of your because I need to know about films. You need yeah. to know yep. because you're. Working at Paramount. Yeah. yeah. But, but this, I do this, not yeah. represent Paramount not represent on this Paramount. podcast yeah. at all. These are my views. God, there's some nice shots in this trailer. Yeah, there you go. I'm just one back behind each time. I'll catch up <laughs> with you guys in the next one. Don't Turtles, worry. Al, have you seen any of the new Turtles films? You're a big Turtles fan. You go back to the comics. That's how dedicated you are. You are serious. I have a whole shelf over there. Yeah. Of not just not just the comics, but the black and white of all the first fifty issues. There you and go. And then the color versions of all fifty issues. And then at home I've got first issue of every single and, fucking And haven't one. you had some dialogue exchanges with the creator oh, yeah, of Turtles? I used to talk to Jim Lawson quite a bit, who drew them for many, many years. He's a wonderful turtles to write a drawer. And uh, Kevin Eastman, who invented them. Let's be alert. He was uh, an in- uh, email friend for a while. And what have they felt about these films? You know, have they publicly come out and said anything? 
No, I stopped talking to Kevin Eastman before they raped his series. Um, but Kevin Eastman, I know, is 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 in. He's kind of involved a little bit with these, um, presumably for money, mm-hmm. because money talks. I couldn't. I couldn't. I I will find almost anything to love in the Turtles film. I the first film's not great. I love it. Second film's not great. I love it. Third film's not great. It's all right. Turtles in time. Uh, yeah. Uh, the TMNT one is great. Yeah. The animated one we mentioned earlier. That's a good film. Um, I went in. I went to the Bay One last year. I think it came out, didn't it? Very, very yeah, long, last long year. Ago. Well, yeah. Um, with tempered expectations, it's Bay, but it's Platinum Dunes, and Platinum Dunes make soulless films, but they make very slick, cool films mm-hmm. like Friday Thirteenth remake, Nightmare on Elm. They make horror films. The Hitcher remake, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And weirdly, Turtles, which makes no sense. Um, so I was expecting from Platinum Dunes it to be something cool and slick and dark. It I'd rarely ever been more angered. I came away, it drove for an hour afterwards, just ranting and oh, in the car. I hated it so fucking much. Yeah. It did. I've never seen something been bastardized more. Uh, and then I, I quite often bring it up with Nate because Nate enjoyed it. Uh, but his excuse for it is, you know, well, it's a kid's film. Well, like the kids are, no, it's a piece of fucking shit and kids deserve better. You can have good kids films that everyone can watch and enjoy. And particularly when you're dealing with a heritage or something like Turtles. Uh, to be fair, this trailer looks way less interesting to me. It looks way more cartoony. It looks oh, horrible. Yeah. They got fucking people from Rocksteady and Krang, I think, even in it this time. It looks, Krang? Is he in the trailer? Yeah. yeah. It looks horrible. But it does look more like, well, you know what? We're going cartoony and weird and goofy. I'm like, well, fine then at least you have some personality my problem with the first one was it was trying to be kind of cool and mm-hmm. then it was also being stupid and goofy and they got all of that wrong didn't do any of it right whereas this one maybe as a you know for kids this one will be fun i don't know but i could not be less interested i mean i may have gone to see it potentially if they had brought vanilla ice back to do the go ninjas go ninjas go song from the second go, go ninjas, ninjas yeah. go ninjas yeah. go the first film then the first film had a t-u-r-t-l-e power t-u-r-t-l-e power um i tell you what the one thing with this one is because i'm a huge casey jones fan and i love that casey jones is in this his his mask and suit looks kind of cool turns out i like anyone in the hockey mask that's why i like jason um played by arrow actor uh what's his name yeah but he's played by some fucking oc looking handsome little prick did you like the uh, first movie, Casey Jones? Yeah, he's great. He was cool. He's crazy. He's older. Yeah. He's just like a vagabond <laughs> off the streets who could be was homeless. Val Kilmer? No. Who was it? No. no it's... Oh, I forgot his name. I mean, he's not really done much. I want to think it's Val Kilmer in my head. No, he's not. He's not an Odin actor, really. I think um, he went on to do like cop show kind of things. Yeah, I'm sure. TV stuff. Um, no, he was great. And that's how Casey Jones would be. This is like the kiddie version of Casey Jones, which I understand the... If you want good turtles, what's the Nickelodeon show? Um, it's fucking brilliant. It's genuinely an excellent show, and they're in their fourth season right now. Nice. It's very good, very well directed, genuinely funny and charming. Brilliant. You heard it there from Al. So those are our films. I'll just quickly recap me before you with Amelia Clark and Sam McLaughlin, pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, Andy Samberg, Approaching the Unknown with Mark Strong and Luke Wilson, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's just like Andy Samberg can be quite affable sometimes you know like i don't really like the content he makes but he's an all right guy yeah i can see what you mean i have moments there's sometimes when i feel like he pushes it too far oh for sure um 
But that's you, He's can, no, say, you can say that a lot with I think it's also just American well, style of comedy. Yeah, it's the Will Ferrell world mm. of acting. Okay, moving on. Um to game releases on May 31st. So Al talked about... Did you just put down all American comedy? <laughs> Is that what just happened? No, I said it's like a very American style. Uh, like to overact. Not to overact, but that kind of comedy of... Uh, yeah, just like... <laughs> Overacting. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Heightened, push. Just loud kind of. Yeah, yeah in your face. Yeah. Comedy. There, uh, to be fair, but I, think, I think... I like Will Ferrell. I think that's just I main... Yeah, I hate Will Ferrell. But I, I, think, know, that, yeah. I think that's just mainstream... Hollywood comedy. I think yeah. there's some very smart um, American comedy as well. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I wasn't bracketing it as in all American comedy. Yeah, I think you'll find if you uh, rewind the I podcast. I would just like to say here that I do not represent Paramount. Uh, <laughs> I, I do, however, represent <laughs> No one at this table on this podcast and, represents And Paramount. I hate the Turtles. <laughs> okay, so on to game releases, May 31st. You will be listening to this and you'll be able to go so out. I'm going to feel so bad if he actually gets fired by next week. <laughs> this podcast may never be may never be put online. That's right. Yeah. Just bleep out every time we say I'm that. I'm not, word. I can't. You'll get a letter tomorrow you from Adrian's even the, lawyers. <laughs> even though, like, if I was a good producer, I'd edit out us laughing at some people's names earlier. But I'm not going to because I'm too lazy. This is the raw truth. This is who we are. Yeah. Deal with it. This is it. Uh, So you mentioned before that Hitman... It's upsetting that I am that person. Hitman episode three is coming out today. Yeah. Here are some other choices of games you can get. Wait, I can play other things? You can play other things. How many have we got? Uh, I'm just going to name them. Let's see if they're real or not. Let's play the game. There's only maybe a couple that I would... Let's see see if they're real. Daydreamer, Awakened Edition on PS4. Yes. Dead Island, the definitive edition, Xbox One, PS4, PC. This is a game you used to play a lot. I think you remember Yeah. This is the uh, nodding his head. He knows I used zombie to play. Uh, team thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yep. this is this That's is a definitely a real game. Yeah. It's Deep Silver. Um, I believe Deep Silver. They had that beautiful trailer with the music. Mm. Anyway, uh, fun games. People give them a lot of shit because they're very tacky mm-hmm. and broken. But you play them online with your friends, and you're on a sunny island, and you run around and hack zombies up, and you know, it's good fun. Uh, coming out- of guys that then went on to make Dying Light, but I actually prefer Dead Island. Coming out on PC and Mac, The Elder Scrolls Online, Dark Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. On PS4, Neon Chrome. Can you play The Elder Scrolls Online? Um, Not online. It's good. One Piece, Burning Blood on Xbox One, on PS4. It. Yeah, One Piece, Burning Blood. Uh, you know, if you like your Luffy, it's not great. There you go. <laughs> uh, Score Rush Extended on PS4. No, that's not right. Shadow Blade Reload, PS4. Don't believe it. Yes. There Came an Echo on PS4. Oh. That sounds mm. like an interesting name. They've sold me on the name. The name's got you. Well, do name's that, how much me. does the name cost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll buy the name. Thank you. Uh, and coming out, um, a DLC for The Witcher, The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. Yeah, this is huge. This Have you seen the, the trailer for that? Oh, looks fucking, fucking enormous. Cool. Yeah. This, this makes me want to go back to The Witcher. But well, is, this like so the extended, is this like the extended, is this like a bonus thing? Like It's kind of like Far Harbor, only even bigger because The no. Witcher guys are just crazy. This is like 20 hours or something of oh, wow. content. Um, I really want to play The Witcher because it's like one of the games in my realm that I haven't played yet. You would love it it so hard. Yeah, I do want you to lend it to me. It's so in-depth with its lore and its dorkiness. I just don't like that you have to play the guy that they give you. That's the one thing that shits me about games because I feel like I'm trapped. Uh, I see, yeah. But can I play his beard grows? Can I play him? It grows in real time. That's weird. Can I play him however I want? Though, or do I have to be like a fighter dude with a sword? You can get way more involved with magic if you want to, uh, for sure. Um, can I use you? A can bow? do archery if you want. Yeah, you can do 
Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can play him how pretty much you want. But Gerald is definitely oh sorry, Geralt is definitely Gerald. He has you know a bigger sense of law. Well, I would suggest well, if you're well, going to well, play well, it. Well, well. His name's Gerald. Gerald. Geralt. Yeah, there's a lot of sexy nudity. There's a lot of swearing. Terrible name. Um, sex on a unicorn. Sex on a Terrible unicorn. Terrible name, Geralt. Uh, you know, and they're Polish, so the names aren't so like. Why didn't they go with like, Polish? Like, no, but they're they're just not what we think are cool names. But I think in Poland, it's a cool name, probably. What about Branford? It's just it's just culturally different. Um, I'm you like Branford. I was trying to think. I'm just trying to think of my guy from uh, Dark Souls. His name was. Oh. Eggers <laughs> Tiffany That's right. What was his last Eggers. name? I'll have to remember his last name That's right Eggers Using the system of First name into your head And you were like <laughs> Eggers And I'm like Excellent Done. Eggers Done. something Really oh, entering yeah. into the Dark Souls world As yeah. it was intended mm-hmm. uh, If you do play Witcher Go on uh, a website I would suggest like Jen um, and they got a nice little five minute roundup of the first two stories. Oh, I love, so love, you can catch up. Love the old IGN video. Tell me how to play the game. Catch up. Help. Helps out. Because honestly, it's very confusing. Otherwise, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay. Particularly when you got to get into Yennefer. Yep. Yeah. I, part of me could drop back into The Witcher. The first little sequence where you kill the. Um, what do you kill? Not a the dragon. Griffin. The Griffin. That's it right. It takes a while to that get takes to that. ages. That was like. But then when you do it, you feel great. Oh, you feel it's such amazing. a beautiful moment. And, and then, then it's just... like, we're going to open up the rest of the world now. And it's I, like, oh I my still God. Carry, I still carry its head around on my horse. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> partly because I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but well, I think it actually helps your, some of your attributes. I'm sure it does. Like the different things you kill, whatever you carry, like you can carry People like a, a witch's <clears throat> bones or something. Like if you carry it on your horse, um, yeah. It, they have different things have different Sick. effects. You'll love it, Adrian, because like the side, good. the side stories are incredible. Like the main story is alright, yeah. but the side stories that you just wander off and find yeah. are the most beautiful. Well, I mean, I played, I played, you know, all like Bethesda's games, yeah, yeah. all of them for like a hundred and something, something. But plus this is hours, so. this is the thing. Like, I think I like it because it, it's kind of like that in a way. It's third person, but um, but with the Bethesda ones, the side stories tend to be interesting and charming mm. if you know what i mean and it can be funny and a bit sh- you know you, these witches yeah. rarely funny is but you get genuinely quite affecting side stories yeah like quite cool. sad stories the one in the well did you ever play that yeah, one yeah that was one of my favorites yeah and yeah definitely I, re- I remember we talked about this way back i think when it first came out about how the side stories in that are just like really encapsulate the whole world yeah. cool um Very and the kind of heartbreak and the struggle of the people in that world it's Great. fucking cool well, i should get that off you soon and i'll uh, do a little review yeah, yeah. nice adrian's thoughts on the witcher trois so that's it for games and movies flip it over let's pick a movie and a game so I, i'm gonna pick what do we have again so movies we've got me before you nope. which i think you're probably gonna choose out pop sir nope. uh, approaching the unknown and nope. teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> approaching the unknown yeah me too that's one I would, I would watch oh i thought we were picking which one's gonna go best in the box office no we're about to get on box office right now we're just picking what, what would, what we, would we go see oh what would i go uh, definitely teenage mutant ninja turtles Excellent. Yeah, there you go. Video games. I would play me some, uh, well, Witcher or Dead Island, depending on you know if you have Witcher. If you don't have Witcher, I'd actually get Dead Island uh, if the price is good, because they're a couple of fun games. Uh, seeing the Witcher Blood and Wine trailer really sort of sparked my interest of like, oh, I maybe need to revisit that. But I'm just going to throw this out there and go based on the name. There came an echo. There it is. <laughs> I'm going to play uh, probably Elder Scrolls, I reckon, and The Witcher. There you go. Elder Scrolls Online is a good game. Mirror's so, Edge next week. Releases. Oh, it's a good way. Box office time. Box office Is that time. a new song? <laughs> That's great. Do that again. Box office.
Guys, time. Uh, it went up. It, it was went better up. the first time. Time. Um, time. Time. So, time. so you go again. Yeah. But. <laughs> Box office. I can't do it now. You know, you just did it. Box office. Time. I've got enough takes now I can use throughout the rest of the rest of the series. Um, so here we talk through the top 15 films in North America last weekend. Normally we would guess what happened. Uh, last week, however, we weren't hosting. It was Nate and Melissa. I don't think they... I'll be honest, I haven't listened to the end of the podcast. So I don't know. I don't think they guessed well, It was only 27 minutes long. So they probably didn't. <laughs> uh, no, sincerely, if you're listening, Nate, Melissa, thank you very much. Good we appreciated job. you hosting. Yeah. Uh, but here are the top 15 films of... Last weekend in North America. Number 15, A Bigger Splash. Remember that one? We're talking about that one with Ray Fiennes. No? Oh, I thought it was like a sequel to the... Um, splash. Splash. Or Splash <laughs> 2. Bigger Splash. That would be a great <laughs> sequel to Splash. Yeah. Just Bigger Mermaids. Bigger Mermaids. <laughs> 14, The Man Who Knew Infinity. 13, The Meddler. 12, The Lobster. Finally getting a US release. Great oh, film. Yeah. Oh, only in on 12. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, it's the fucking lobster. What do you expect? Yeah, it's I think his films are going to get higher in all. I'm surprised it's in the top twenty. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's probably good then. It's a weird film. Everybody me. I've spoken to has been like, "Oh my god, it was fucking weird, but awesome." Yeah, but you're you're talking to your circle, not the general public of America who want to see turtles in the shadows. Not. Sure. Uh, number eleven, the darkness. That's that. Uh, yeah, the guy who did Wolf Creek. Oh, the Australian guy with the Grand Canyon, haunted Grand Canyon story. And it's the one Ooh. with the like the sooty hands everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be really <laughs> Wait, bad. Sooty hands. Yeah, it's just hand prints just hand going prints everywhere. On walls. Right. It looks really stupid. Number ten, Zootopia. Number nine, Love and Friendship. Number eight, Money Monster. Apparently, really good for the first half and not for the rest. Seven, The Nice Guys. Go see it. Six, The Jungle Book. Five, Neighbors Two. Sorority Rising. All the way down to number four, Captain America Civil War. At number three, and I believe at number one last week, the Angry Birds movie. Number two, Alice Through the Looking Glass. And number one, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, it's come out. It's out. Yeah, it's happened. Have you seen it? No, we were just talking about it beforehand. We're really not interested. Yeah. Um, I will go and see it, but I'm just in, I'm having to make myself go and see it. Oh, well, let me know. I'll come. Cool. Actually, I know I've got to uh, see all the other films before I even know what's going on, don't I? No, apparently it's so confusing anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Justin saw it the other day. I caught up with Justin mm-hmm. and uh, and with Ellen. And has Ellen been on the podcast before? Yeah, Ellen was on one. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, to our people that know Ellen, she said, her and Justin mm. put it out there that it could be better than uh, Civil War. Yeah, well, they're full of shit. Yeah. I, and I, uh, I haven't had anybody who liked this more than Civil War. Um, I'm sure there are some bits in it that are better than Civil War, but apparently it's very convoluted. And she's a huge Quicksilver fan, mm-hmm. huge Quicksilver fan. So and he's you know he's great in these movies. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I I think I I stopped watching those after X Men Three. Well, that was a bad one. First Class is brilliant. That's potentially the best X Men movie. Medicare. First Class is really good. I haven't really seen any of them. I mean, I've seen some. I don't know. Yeah, who <laughs> knows these days? <laughs> so many of the thirteen of them. No. Oh, there's well, if you count the Wolverine ones. You got X Men, X Two, United We Stand, uh, X Men Three. You got First Class. You got Days of Future Past. You got this one, Apocalypse. You got Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Origins. You got Jack the ben. Wolverine, and then are just doing now Wolverine Three. So and that'll, that'll be, be Hugh's nine, farewell. That'll be nine films. Yep. 
That'll be see you later, Hugh. It's enough X-Men films. Technically, Deadpool is an X-Men film. Who will be the new Wolverine? Let's do that in another podcast. Yeah. Um, so what out of the films that are coming out are going to get into the top three? What's going to be the top three next weekend? Two Men 2. Yeah. Mm. Ninja Turtles, what I'm afraid, will probably... Gonna, it's going to be up there. Do you think the Andy Sandberg's movie is going to make a ton of money? Mm. You know what? I This is my prediction. <laughs> I'm going to say X-Men's going to hold on to number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Ninja Turtles is going to come in at number two. Mm-hmm. Alice will drop to three. Andy Sandberg will be up at four. He's going to... Slides down. Yeah, that's what I reckon too. I think Turtles will come in at number one. Uh, I think X-Men's going to drop off pretty heavy. And then Alice... I mean, Alice has done really bad for them. It costs $200 million, that movie. Maybe number two, but it's only made $26 million on its opening weekend. You know, that came out of nowhere f- for me, that film. Like, it's suddenly like appeared. for it everywhere. It's just suddenly like trailers and posters appeared a week before it came out. Yeah. And no, I hate those posters so much. I hate Helen Bonham Carter's stupid face with a little body. <laughs> it makes me really angry. I don't know why I get really angry with it. I hate it. Johnny Depp's eyelashes on that thing. I just don't like it. Like those were his real eyelashes have they got where Mia Wasikowska isn't back for this one or is she she's back, back. she's back I for don't it. see her on any of the posters advertised. I've seen one with her on it have you okay yeah I've got it it's All interesting Venice, because did, 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 the, did Alice in Wonderland make it a ton of money. money yeah but that was Tim Burton this one's not actually directed by him I believe right okay I believe. and did the first Ninja Turtles make a ton of money yeah okay yeah yeah no wonder no wonder it's all adding up this yeah. business thing. wait you're saying they're doing this because of money and how much money they're making no no no, no. Is that no. that's why it's for the art that's why it took 30 years to make a bigger splash this okay, a splash. okay that makes sense. um yeah so i'm gonna say uh yeah thingy bob at number one turtles yep. turtles number one and what and then you everything else slides X-Men, down no. you're, gonna, you're saying x-men no, yeah i'm so. gonna say x-men's gonna hold it turtles will drop in underneath and then Alice. So I, I think T, T, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then X-Men and then Alice and then who gives a shit? I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. I think there's a huge chance Alice is going to drop right off next week. So I'm going to say Turtles, X-Men and then Angry Birds. I think Angry Birds will stay in there because kids go mm. back for more. True that. Double dip. True that. Right. That's the end of this this extra long podcast to make up for a short podcast last weekend. Uh, last we week, handle it well. Uh, we appreciate you listening to us. We already did a mid to outro, so all that's left to do is to say where you can contact us personally. Alex, if people want to hassle with you in a sexual nature, but via the medium of digital technology. How well, can do- you can either send me erotic photos on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and just actually, no, don't send me photos. Write me erotic 140 character Handwritten? stories. Oh, no. A hundred, yeah, hand fucking do a photo of a handwritten 140 character story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can do that at, at Alexander Chard on Twitter and Instagram. Do you accept private messages on Instagram? Because uh, anyone can private message you. You just have to accept it. You have to accept it. Um, I don't know. I'll think about it. I accepted one once and it turned out to be a casting director offering me a job. So when, you, when, you, when it says you want to accept it, so what if do you have you a get? job? Do you I'll just get it. this person that sent you a message? You don't Yeah, get so I got a note. The one time it happened to me was like, yeah, so and so. Would like to send you a message. Okay. So, I was like, if, I, but I recognized her name, so I accepted. And if if you do want him to respond, just in the body of the text, or if you can send him like a little pre-message mm-hmm. sort of thing, saying, "Oh, I want to be your friend on any medium," just say that you're a casting director, and he should say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a casting director. I've been trying to reach out to you. Yeah. And then I'll say yes, and, and then, then you, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. With the then you're in, and then you're in, but and and then I'm the fool. Yeah. 
So yeah, why not? Alexander Chard. Adrian, how can people bother you? Um, uh, Sixum, S I X U M underscore Suave, S U A V E. That's on the old Twitter. Mm. Um, what does the Sixum mean? Because you're my friend on Xbox, the Sixum. Yeah, well. yeah, and on Xbox, if you want to get in touch, uh, Sixum as well. It's a nickname I've had for many years since I was about six, fifteen, um, sixteen, six, Sixum Suave. Sixum Suave. Alex was around at the time yeah. that my friends used to call me that actually back in Newey. Where did the Sixum come from? Well, I wasn't part of Like, I met you well into your Sixum days. Oh, and yeah. I, I met you as Adrian. Yeah. And then, but when we kind of... When our when groups, groups mixed together. Mixed at, at pubs yeah, or wherever we were at. Came, hear it's a you really that. stupid story and I'm not going to do it on this okay. podcast. It's just too long. And you f- like, you feel- you'll get to the end and you'll be like, why did you waste my time? I doubt it. He's you got just, six toes. Yeah, that's true. You just feel it would reflect badly upon Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it again before we end the podcast. I do not re- represent Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can contact me. I am Mr. Al White. It's my personal website. It's also my Twitter. It's also my Instagram. I, I'm pretty lonely. So if you want to direct me. You have a personal me. website? Mr. Al White. Yeah. Oh. Mr. com. Yeah. Uh, that was our podcast. Thank you very much. Me. Please go on iTunes, type in Geeks and subscribe to us. Leave us a, a message. Leave us a star rating. It helps us out. We'll be back next Tuesday. Geeks! 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 We're out. Oh, I can see your thighs. I didn't realize this entire time. <laughs> oh, I can see your thighs. <laughs>